I can't believe I've said this word on our podcast now. Stop. <laughs> We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download a rarity that we had bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Hello and welcome to a very special episode podcast Where we talk about TV shows where white supremacists and illegal aliens meet <laughs> I was wondering how soon we'd say illegal alien, and it's right in the intro. It's great. Yeah, I can't not say it, right? Someone had to say it. <laughs> I'm David Bitsenoffer, your host tonight, and over in Portland, punching Nazis is... Carolyn Maine. Please don't arrest me. <laughs> hey. And Eric Cash, I'm right here. Yes, and that's our special guest, Eric Cash. Welcome, Eric. Hi. Hello. Although I do have to point out, I really prefer the term undocumented. Yeah. The term illegal is really, really rude. You're right. You, so Mark's an undocumented alien? Yeah. Yeah. The idea of being illegal is just so fucked up. That's true. Yeah. Like, it's it's really inherently propagandic. Like, it allows all those people to be like, well, if they didn't break the law, like, okay, they, you know, they didn't steal a car, they moved. Yeah. They stole our jobs. <laughs> they stole our car jobs. And our women. I don't really believe that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> I mean, if you could steal a woman, I suppose. Well, I guess you could, but that's kidnapping. Well, no. Well, sex traffic. <laughs> or there's yeah. just like romantic wins and losses, which as yeah. long as it's consensual sucks, but that's not women stealing. Correct. All's fair in love and war and monopoly because capitalism. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. That's America. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Eric. Um, I'm a comedian and a musician, and uh, I guess I guess relevant to this, I've I've been an anti-fascist for about twenty years, somewhere so, in there. I'm old. So that's before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was it was back the last time that it had to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really cool then. Like we were never really well liked. <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> but uh, but it was the last time this shit happened. Yeah, it's kind of comforting in one hand that it's such an old battle. On the other hand, it's terrible that we haven't progressed as a society. Yeah, it's one of those. It's we. You know, it's like um. Right now, it's an inherent yeah. flaw in our system, yeah, that causes it to rise, and yeah. so it keeps it keeps happening. You know, every 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 place where fascism has ever risen, you know, there's there's economic crisis. There's the fact that Check. people let these fuckers talk. Uh, 
and uh, you know, it's it's the same thing every time too. It's always there's economic crisis, and two things start to come out of it: fascism and communism. And then the communists beat up the fascists. Cool. Every time, <laughs> same thing fucking happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we're getting real into it. I think there's also a layer of as soon as it's exposed and gets a little better, people think it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Which allows it to rise up again, you know? Yeah, like right now it feels really scary to a lot of people who this mm-hmm. feels new for, this new wave of fucking pep- peppy Nazis and all yeah. the shit mm-hmm. and all the alt-right fuckers. They're just, they seem to a lot of us to have come out of nowhere, but... But they didn't at all. Right. Like Correct, yeah. A lot of us were watching this grow out of the MRA movement. Like, right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, seven years ago? Gamergate was a big warning sign. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same guy. What's his face that shot up Santa Monica? Um, You know, the big Norwegian white supremacist terrorist that so many of these guys worship. He killed 77 people in 2011. Jesus. Breivik. That's that guy's name. Fuck that guy. Fuck a lot of people. (laughs) But... What are your Mork and Mindy credentials there? Time to get to the real shit. <laughs> um, well, I knew Robin Williams very lightly. Oh, shit. This yeah. I've got to hear all of. Yeah, you're a comedian. Was it through comedy? Yeah. So so Robin was a, um, Robin was a San Francisco guy, yeah. as a lot of people know. And I came up in San Francisco. Oh. And Robin was also an ex-street performer. And I was a street performer oh, for 10 God, years. Right. Hmm. He must have been a crazy street performer. <laughs> yeah, he was a mime. Um, oh, shit. That's amazing. I can see that. Totally. So street, Streeties, like, we all kind of know our history and stuff. And so I was at a mic at Club Deluxe. And um, and Robin was there just checking out who was there and, and what they were doing and stuff. And uh, he was sitting quietly up quietly outside and of course all the comics flocked him Mm -hmm, of course i would too and i i wanted to meet him but i didn't want to be a part of the flock Mm -hmm. so i just kept smoking until everybody went inside and then i walked up to him snapping my fingers and squinting my eyes and i was like hey aren't you that guy and he kind of rolled his eyes at me because i was obviously hinting i was you know certain people do that all the time and i was like yeah you're that guy you're that guy he used to perform in front of the zoo in New York City, and then he started laughing. Oh, good turnaround! See, oh, yeah. you gotta have a good line to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool and then he immediately do. like started telling me a story about the guy that would fuck him out of the spot every day. Oh, we sat there and we kind of swapped street stories for a little while. Would he I... actually fuck him out of the spot? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just like classic like street performer shit. Like it, like he worked he worked there for like four months before. The guy, every Tuesday, like, right at 5 o'clock, would say, hey, hey, do you mind if I grab this show? You know, my there, there's somebody coming. There's this agent that's supposed to come down and see me. And after four months of it, like, this agent was always supposed to come down on Tuesday. And then eventually Robin was smart enough to put two and two together that the guy was just working the biggest crowd of the day because that was when the suit went out. And then Robin would work a show afterwards and, like, not get anybody um, Damn! Can you imagine Robin working a show and not getting anybody? I can, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do comedy <laughs> and street performing. That's amazing. Well, and this was in this was in like the mid seventies. This was when he still lived in New York before he he. Uh, I don't think that he ever did street when he moved to San Francisco. And moving to San Francisco was when he kind of got discovered and started doing. What was it? Was it the Tonight Show that he was uh... on every night? 
I don't know what came first. I feel like Mork and Mindy was one of his first things, too. That was his big, like, breakout. Yeah. Because it's a sitcom. Yeah, right before that, he got... Because there's an old story around uh, San Francisco, because he was notorious for stealing jokes. Oh, shit. And what, what happened was, all of a sudden... You know, it was in the heyday of stand-up comedy, and for, at least as far as I know, what happened was that I think he got on the Tonight Show, some other sh- some show where he had to do new material like every night or every week, and it was more than he had. Wow! And so what would happen is he would go down to Cobb's, and the story from the old timers is like when you were on the showcase, if you told a joke and you heard this very distinct laugh. From the back of the room, you knew that on Monday night you would see your joke on the Tonight Show or, or whichever whichever show it was he was doing. But I think that that was the the big thing that got him more more of the acting stuff, and then Mark and Mindy happened. Yeah, I'm looking at trying to find it. Are you talking to our orphans? Yeah, <laughs> we have orphans who do all our IMDb searches for us. That's awesome. <laughs> they're great, you know. They're mean. They bite, but they do the work. <laughs> Until they don't. And then you just get new ones. I like that you're following the Willy Wonka business model. This is yes. <laughs> we learned a lot about entrepreneurial spirits <laughs> from Willy Wonka. Shit, that's amazing. So stealing jokes is like a big comedy sin. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess in the 70s, and if you're Robin Williams, who everybody just likes so much now from all his work, just kind of forgive that one a little bit. Well, I mean, even in the day, like, there were people that would be like, Robin Williams is a joke thief. But it was also like, well, I think it's kind of fucking irrelevant at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I'm sure that he hurt some feelings in 1976, but he also, like, has a larger filmography than most regular actors. So I, I think we can we can fairly say that he's got an amount of talent. <laughs> we forgive you for everybody, starting now, Robin Williams. Seeing him on the Richard Pryor show, oh. which was pretty early. And then let's see, on the, he was on the Tonight Show in '82 and '81. Maybe that was it. But that would have been after Mork and Mindy. Like Mork and Mindy started in '79. Yeah, I could be wrong on the timeline. But <laughs> we've been wrong about a lot worse in this show. <laughs> I mean, keep in mind, in 1981, I was four, so... Mm. Wow. Yeah, you were saying 70s, and I'm like, you don't seem like you were an adult in the 70s. <laughs> I was not an adult in the 70s. I just know stories. Yeah. I was around in the 70s, and I usually don't like to admit that. So. <laughs> uh, Carolyn? Yeah. So, let's see. I think before tonight, I have watched Morgan Mindy all of one times that I can remember, just once. I was like playing hooky or just staying home sick and it was on syndication like at a weird hour 1 30 or 2 30 p.m and i'm like what the shit is going on like it blew my mind that there is somebody with this much energy i just saw robin doing one of his scenes and going ape house and i'm like this is the funniest man that's ever done something what is this television and he was in his his alien jumpsuit with a triangle and i'm yeah. like this is the best shit i've ever seen what the <laughs> dicks is going on and my Morgan mom's like, Mindy was amazing yeah like- it's more than Mindy, obviously. Have you watched more of it? No, not too much. I'm, so you don't so, even know about Jonathan Winters when he became I've a part of it. I've heard tell because it's so famous in yeah. sitcoms that he has a young old baby. Yeah. <laughs> the Benjamin Buttons did before it was a thing. Yeah, no, uh, I'm after tonight's episode, which we'll discuss, I'm really interested in watching the whole damn thing because it's a really charming sitcom and it's pretty clearly the precursor to Third Rock from the Sun, which is also cute. That's when John Lithgow... Yeah. Mm. Gotta be Robin Williams. 
Just, well, and so also, yeah. uh, Jonathan Winters wound up doing, uh, for a little while, he had an HBO comedy special that was clear. well, it was, for one thing, it was inspired by Jonathan Winters, because he's a fucking nutcase, even before <laughs> Mork and Mindy, but it clearly, like, was connected to, like, some of the ideas that they came up with in Mork and Mindy, which he may have come up with a lot of those. It's this really bizarre comedy showcase that he would do, hmm. where he had this big contraption of a thing that was like a combination between a time machine and a spaceship, but really it just had a smoke machine inside and a bunch of random lights. Wow. And he'd mumble to himself and yank on it and then introduce a comedian. But it was really strange and good. That sounds like a great way to <laughs> use time travel and prop comedy to yeah. host a show. David, what's your experience yeah. <laughs> with Mark and Mindy? Well, to do some house cleaning first, I should say that we are reviewing Mark and Mindy, which is why we are discussing <laughs> it right now. And it is uh, <laughs> season two, episode eighteen, the night they raided Mind Skis. Oh shit! Is the name, and uh, this one's about uh, Mork, who is a alien from beyond, uh, needs to help his friend who's becoming a city councilor. He goes to an environmental group to help get their support, but instead of cleaning up Boulder, they actually want to cleanse Boulder. Uh, yes, so, Mark and Mindy, I remember watching episodes back when I was young and watching, like, Nick and Knight, and they'd have, like, Happy Days on and, like, My Three Sons and all sorts of older shows, and so sometimes it would come on, and of course, as we've discussed before, I watched anything that would come on TV, and it was kind of a novelty because Mm -hmm. Robin Williams was so famous by then that to Mm -hmm. see him on, like, some sitcom seemed odd in and of itself probably like watching bosom buddies later on but uh right i watched both of those when they came out so i'm <laughs> actually slightly lost yeah <laughs> bosom buddies got that sick billy joel fame yeah but a different vocalist yeah whatever i forgot you're a billy joel freak super freak <laughs> the podcast super knows <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, so, but I remember, like, you know, you laughing, enjoying it as a kid, but I never, like, got into it, into it. I just would watch it when it was on, and I think I was young enough that I only have vague memories of it now, and nothing really specific. As far as Robin Williams go, I like him, his comedy, beca- if I, if it's in long doses, his comedy can, can become too much, too much energy for me. He was a little bit more low key, but overall, I certainly respect him. And he's a force in nature. Yes, he is. He's got boundless energy that can't be stopped. Yeah, honestly, even I like when I would listen to his stand up. I would usually listen to it on shuffle with other things. Yeah, because you're like four minutes of this is good. You just said like nine hundred things. It's, yeah, I'm, I know. I'm set now. It's just so much to take in that something you just get exhausted watching it. Even. <laughs> uh, all right. So we can get into the episode, although uh, the first thing I noted in my notes was the title was The Night They Raided Mind Skis, and I'm not quite, is that a reference that I'm not getting? That's gotta be the hot dog place's name, or not? I thought that was just like the New York Deli or something. Oh, then I don't know. Something about something Polish. No, it's a reference to something else, and I bet you it's Minsky's. That's so it's probably a mashup of Mindy's name, and they're referencing something that I'm not quite getting. Minsky's, I think it's yeah, not another Pollock joke. They're just doing more Pollock material. 
They had left over. All right, so there is a in night. <laughs> there is a movie. Uh, we got the gruels, Arson, called "The Night They Raided Minskis." Right? Oh. And Minskis, not Mindskis. That's how I'm supposed to be pronouncing it now. There you go. And let's see. The plot is. A naive Amish young woman runs away from her home in Pennsylvania to New York City where she hopes to act in religious stage plays, but ends up performing in a burlesque theater. Well, that's not so applicable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like making something rhyme with something else was the chief motivating factor <laughs> in that naming. Yes. <laughs> As with many corny-ass sitcom names. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to say... How soothing and pleasant I found the intro sequence and the music. And oh, yeah. It was oh, great. Yeah, it was it gives cool. me good-ass vibes. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is going to be nice. Nanu, nanu. like one of the weirdest things on television it was great his egg that great practical yeah. effect they show his egg <laughs> space birth mm-hmm. and then like the o and mork is that egg it's mm-hmm. this primo 70s font it's so good it is sweet yeah and then i this is uh first time i realized they're in boulder colorado and i i like right. boulder i think it's a pretty cool city so yeah it's also very fitting boulder's a really weird yeah. little hipsterville mm-hmm it makes sense that that's where an alien that's kind of out of his head would land. Yeah, well, it's a good place for him to hide because no one would notice, I think, is the idea. <laughs> uh, so then uh, we start in the restaurant, New York restaurant, where Mindy and some guy I didn't know as Nelson Flavor is his name, but they didn't start out with that. They're eating lunch and discussing <laughs> his bid for city council, and his name is Nelson Flavor, so he's wearing a pin that says, Win with flavor. And that would be a good campaign for Guy Fiari. Yeah. It would also be a great campaign for Flavor Flav. Yeah. Oh, This whole shit. thing was just, like, way too early for Flavor Flav. <laughs> like, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, we're Flavor. We're Flavor. <laughs> flavor Flav. Yeah. I'm the high tip. I'm a high drink. So take a big sip. Oh, man. I didn't even think about it, but now that's all I can think about. <laughs> yeah, now I wish he had a giant clock around his neck that he could be Right? Wearing. Time is running out for white supremacy. Come on. <laughs> See? It all comes back around. He's got my vote. 
Yeah, and then, so then, uh, Mork comes in, he was pretending to be a one-man, uh, parade for Flavor, so I guess he's in Flavor's court here. <laughs> Flavor. <laughs> Flavor country is wherever he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Flavor, uh... <laughs> I mean, he's like this yuppie guy. He looks like yeah. a villain in a camp movie who's gonna demolish it. Except I think he's supposed to be a good guy, though. Yeah, he's not the worst, but he's definitely kind of a villain. Well, he's like the jerk that they like. Well, there's even that point, though, where, like, he realizes that they're all white supremacists. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And he's like, well, okay, but... (laughs) Our grandmother came all the way to this country from Warsaw. Oh, come on, hardy-har-harsky. Is this true flavor? Not necessarily. <laughs> and then Mindy yells at him. I mean, that's the most real unrealistic part. There, there'd never be a mm-hmm. politician who'd like actively court a white supremacist vote. I know oh, it's, really? a comple- it's a completely preposterous notion. Isn't yeah, it? that yeah, would completely. never happen. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so Nelson or so Nelson wants to get his name out there because no one who knows who he is. Because Which, this is pre-public enemy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Pre-Brigitte Nielsen. <laughs> People are just confused at, like, the clock and everything, and they don't get it. <laughs> what are you doing with the clock? There's clocks on the wall. What are you... You can wear a watch. Come on. But Mork said you could make a fool out of yourself, and no one would care. <laughs> I mean, you can go on national television and go, My fellow Americans, I'd like to show you the dancing weasel. <laughs> And I, mm-hmm. that's another joke that I'm just like, is that referencing something that I just don't know or? I mean, it's... no, I think he was just being random. So much yeah. of the humor in with Mork and Mindy is just that Mork is completely sideways mm-hmm. to the way that everybody else thinks. I almost wonder if they wrote down lines for Robin Williams or if they just gave him lines of coke in the script. <laughs> and they're like, do whatever the fuck you want, buddy, because you're golden. You know, tight production schedule, it really helps to have somebody just keep saying funny shit at random. Yeah. <laughs> right? And it you don't even have to worry about continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Robin Williams, this was a great character for him because he could just ad-lib whatever he wanted and it'd work, right? Yeah. Uh, Nelson wants Mindy to go to the International Undergarment Union. Ooh. <laughs> just some, uh, I think there's a cheap underwear joke in there, but. Sure is. And then he also wants somebody to go to the group that wants to, quote, clean up Boulder. And Mindy can't, so Mork will, which I'm sure can't go wrong at all. Nope, yeah, it goes great. Bum, bum, bum. Hit the three-minute mark, go to commercial. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nothing could go wrong. Actually, even knowing what this was about, I didn't quite connect that the cleanup boulder was going to be what it was, but I probably should have. But it's nice to go in blank and let. Yeah. I actually know. knew what this episode was about, and I still didn't click then. So yeah, that's what I'm and saying. Then, I knew and then it started to happen. And I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. As soon well, as soon as they come back from break, of course, you see like the group that's there. It says like cleanup boulder, pure power. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, All they're wearing stuff. pure power armbands. Yeah. So nobody good wears armbands unless they're in mourning. <laughs> or unless they're a medic. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's a Medics great are the only people that I will accept with armbands. Yeah. yeah. Professional wrestlers will, too. <laughs> yeah, but those are just, like, strings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like bicycles. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just strings just tied at random just to show how big your muscles are. I'm into that. That's fine. Especially if they're neon. Neon's yeah, the yeah. best. You need it to yeah glow in a black light. <laughs> you look like an anthropomorphized version of the handlebars on a little girl's bicycle. <laughs> uh, so Mort comes into this place, and of course he doesn't notice anything wrong, and he's just stumping for flavor. And he's kind of doing, like, the yuppie thing, trying to talk like the dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's but he's being hyper-politician. Mm-hmm. The wordplay in that section is so good, because it's very typical 80s sitcom of one person not knowing what's going on, yeah. the other person not knowing what's going on, but the audience cluing into the interplay on both. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just vague enough with what they're saying that you can't just outright know. Yeah, there's no there's no reveal yet of one figuring out that the other is the the, the gross miscommunication. Yeah, they're like flavor. Good American name. Tell me, what does he think of the race problem? He believes that he should be ahead of everybody else. <laughs> well, that's what we believe. Yes, yes. You see, we're a white bread group. We think there's too much rye and pumpernickel in the world. When you're like Nelson, he's well-bred and he's no crumb. <laughs> yeah. Right? I love how much food puns there are. Like, <laughs> they get away with so much, and it's just food. <clears throat> they say a lot of scary things, but in a safe way. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing to see a show that I'm actually familiar with tackle, like, actual white power violence like the whole time when they had armbands on i'm like oh shit this is actually scary yeah 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 it was even yeah it was almost a scary visual just seeing them all there and you're like these these people are up to no good right i was spooked for sure well because that's the thing there was a there was a white supremacist uprising in the late 70s and early 80s too like great american hero like half the episodes revolved around that that was that was where the 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 skinhead uprising in the 90s came from was, you know, this small uprising that happened and went away and then they went underground. They just keep popping up, man. Yeah. Yeah, and this is... This is kind This episode kind of gets into how people can get involved in it in its own way and that, like, a lot of the times you don't know it's a white supremacist organization until you're a part of it. I really liked that they've they pretty they illustrated that really well of how quickly someone that doesn't know what's going on can be uh yanked into this very very harmful uh, uh rhetoric right because yeah. mark's just in it for the lulls yeah he's like we're having good times and we're making cheap jokes and i'm loving it that cracked yeah. me up it was such a great 4chan analogy seriously mm-hmm. yeah He's just in it for the keck. Because if you look at if you look at Mark, he's like half the population of mm-hmm. 4chan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just dresses poorly, doesn't comb his hair, <laughs> just wants to tell jokes and I mean, I kind of love the rainbow suspenders. Yeah. But yeah, he should they should know that rainbows aren't allowed in in KKK, right? <laughs> you should have checked him there. Well, that's actually not true. Oh, um, shit. There, there was a point where I was actually sending it around to people. There was a point in the early 2000s what? where the KKK's website, they were trying to adopt the the rainbow as part of the softening of their image. And, and and their whole thing was, if you went to their, their page, it had two pictures of, of a rainbow. 
that were illustrations. They were not photos. They're they're illustrations. It's it's important in a second. You'll figure out why. But like <laughs> they they were like you know um, the one was in black and white, and they were like this is this is what America wants. This is what we want. And then theirs is vibrant, but it's all separate but equal. Wow. <laughs> so they're trying to change their whole message into like no, we want everybody to be themselves. We just wanted them to keep their fucking colors in the lines. Yeah. <laughs> So they're like the anal <laughs> retentive people who can't color yeah. outside of the yeah. box. They're just stuck. The one right bitchy there. kid that's yelling at all the other kids when everyone's coloring. There are primary colors. There are not secondary colors. No purple. <laughs> no green. I don't think they stuck with that for very long, but I've been I've been tracking down white supremacists on the internet for a long time, so so I noticed that years and years and years ago and I was like, You guys are so fucking stupid. <laughs> Yes, that's what I think of when I see a rainbow. It's the KKK. Well, that's just sad. Well, like, after a hundred years of throwing people down wells, like, you're not going to fix it with a picture of a rainbow. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you, yeah. <laughs> what about a unicorn? <laughs> yeah, a, maybe a unicorn would be better. Like, yeah, definitely take it from something passive, at least up to, like, a magical creature. Like, something that can grant wishes... <laughs> Wait, why are we helping them with their brand? I don't know. <laughs> Shit, because they need it, but we're going to deny them this. Well, it makes me, it reminds me of like, uh, well, I just, there's that Google idiot guy. Oh, yeah, he's fucking up again. Yeah, and he was talking about how cool the names Which, are in the KKK. The one, like, is this the guy that wrote the manifesto yeah, about Yeah. Women? The anti woman manifesto. Yeah. Why is this guy getting any more airtime? Didn't he already get fired? Shouldn't he just be done now? We just need someone to hate. And he just (laughs) keeps being on the internet. Yeah, what was his thing today? It was like... Uh, He likes how cool the name (laughs) Grand Wizard is, I think. And you think we should be Well, yeah, that's the whole point of giving these losers a title like Grand Wizard. (laughs) Congratulations for this fucking genius for figuring out why it's... (laughs) Of course it sounds cool and token-esque. Yeah, and I think I once read that the ridiculous names kind of just make it feel like, oh, we're just ha- out here having fun. You know, we got a grand wizard and like, isn't there like a cyclops or something weird like that? I forget. Well, there's a grand dragon. There actually, I think there is a cyclops. Oh my God, what? There's like seven of those ranks. Maybe more. Maybe there's 13. I don't know. I always assumed it's because they're completely out of their goddamn minds and they're obsessed with power. Well, yeah. yeah. That might be, you know, there might be something to that. Huh. This is sometimes you hear, sometimes you wonder how much stuff just is by accident. Like it's a positive effect that all this insanity just makes them seem more harmless and how much of it was actually some sort of grand scheme. And Well, I think a lot of it is scattershot in the beginning. Yeah. But then it's just like, it's just like somebody that, um, that is like a chronic manipulator that's really good at it. Mm-hmm. And a person that's a good person mistakes this person for being smart. And then later they're like, oh, no, this person's actually an idiot. It's just that they do this all the time. So they've figured out what works. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there might be someone who's sitting in the Oval Office that <laughs> abides by that philosophy. Yeah, right? Yeah, there was actually articles about like people examining his speech patterns. Like, no, oh, maybe he's really intelligent. Maybe he's fucking not. Yeah, maybe he just does this and fucking through uh, the system of like 
conditioning yeah. himself via reward, has figured out what works. Yeah, he used trial yeah. and error, and he was too rich to actually fail in any sort of grand way, and then he just right. figures it out, you know? Yeah, like a dog with parvo can beg for a treat. Not... <laughs> Anybody who mistakes anything coming out of his mouth for intelligence is reaching because it's really sad what is I, going on. I do understand the obsession, though, because I've talked, with this about, I've talked about this with my stepmother at great length. How, how to people like us, he's just speaking pure gibberish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like you, if you talk to Trump supporters, they have these long-winded tirades about like Trump wants to do this and this and this and this. And I'm like, where are you getting this? Because all I hear is batshit tuna fish chugga chugga fuck you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I keep wondering if there's some sort of like racist babble fish, and they're hearing a different speech entirely than I am. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be. Well, yeah, it's part that part. They're just hearing what they want to hear, and I think that that's mostly it. I think that yeah, I think that he just represents fucking white supremacy and white power, and they're mm-hmm. scared and feel powerless, and they just fill in the blanks. Yeah, him just. I think that's actually the secret to his power is like he actually doesn't say much other than just random offensive shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so they just assume whatever policies they want is what the he's The thing for. the other day, he fucking called Kim Jong... Kim, Kim Jong... Uh, it's Kim Jong-il right, right or, now, right? Yeah. yeah, Kim Jong-il, yeah. Still uh, right. He called Kim Jong-il Rocket Man. Yes. Dick Elton John And then Burns. gloated as if that was the greatest joke ever. He's not <laughs> even good at Burns. Like, everyone gives him so much credit. Mm. And <laughs> yeah, like your, your, your fucking sick burn was an Elton John reference reference from 1979 like, <laughs> the fuck dude Maybe i would love it music since then and then he's using it at the un and i don't even know if that translates right to even be a burn in any other language it doesn't translate right in this language i know i'm it's saying just a reference i'm Did saying it's see- a reference in this language as soon as it sure. translates sure my favorite part was when uh was when he tried to bash socialism at the un i don't know if you saw that no he uh, he stood up in the middle of his stupid, stupid speech. Um, he uh, he started talking about Venezuela. By the way, Venezuela is not socialist. Um, not too bad. But he he stood up and he he said he said Venezuela is. It was the most lucid thing he said too, which made it even funnier to me. He goes uh he goes he goes uh the problem in Venezuela is not a poor implementation of socialism. It is uh, a 100% correct implementation of socialism. And then he sat back like like, like he just dropped the mic. And then you, there's silence. And then you hear a bunch of people in the UN start laughing. Oh. <laughs> it's so good. Like, do you realize that most of the developed world is pretty fucking socialist? <laughs> Must be nice. Ugh. <laughs> now, now's the part of the podcast where we cry. Yeah, <laughs> but it was really good just to hear like this entire, like the most powerful room in the world, just sit there and go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm glad the other countries get to laugh at us. We seem to have this coming. Yeah, if it, if if it wasn't so dangerous to just sure. him in general. Sure. You can... Well, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. So what what happens next? So more 
<laughs> I've completely derailed the yeah. podcast. I'm sure we had a couple in those. It's cool. Mark for Mark is at a white supremacist rally kind of thing. Or it's just a meeting, I guess. They're having well, coffee and donuts. And I mean, it it's does always get a rally. pretty yeah, rally-ish when they put on those hoods with devil horns on them. Yeah, Holy this is shit. so they break out the uh, knockoff bootleg uh, KKK robes here. Were they worried about... The clan suing them for copyright <laughs> yeah, infringement. You don't know. Hey, were, they, were they thinking that they were going to get a cease and desist? Because they were like, okay, well, we'll put horns on the hoods and it's just different enough and we'll call it pure power, not white power, because we wouldn't want to co- step on white power trademark. Yeah, they they are oddly concerned with not directly referencing these people as KKK. And like we said, the, the hoods they wear have like horns on them and stuff, so they're not the same KKK white hood stuff, but I mean, you know, we know what they're talking about, and I don't know why they don't want to just out and out have them be the KKK. They're not fucking Pepsi. I was really confused <laughs> by that. Yeah, yeah, you don't think the KKK... I would say I wouldn't think they had legal ability to sue, but maybe they do. Maybe this was just a big legal thing that they didn't want to get involved with. Maybe they just didn't want to cross burned on the NBC studio lot. <laughs> yeah, I would say that, but I mean, this wasn't very subtle either, you know? Well, I mean, it was pretty clear, though. Yeah. 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 It's such a good, like, off brand KKK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Diet Pepsi of Pepsi. It's they're, right there. They're the KKK that's at the bottom shelf <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the old crow yeah what's the letter next to kl they're like the kkl <laughs> light i mean if i was in the kkk at the time watching this episode it's not like i'm i'd be like well they're not talking about me here so <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fine you get those guys yeah <laughs> you get those other guys that are certainly not referencing me in my white hood and it's so scary to see the white hooded people all hang out in their little devil horns and like have armbands. Yeah, that was the other thing about it. It's not like it softened it up. Like uh-huh. the second that you see somebody put a pointy hood on, it doesn't matter if you added horns on it or not. Yeah. It's kind of horrifying. Yeah, yeah. So it was. horrifying. Yeah, nothing about it made it lesser. And what was interesting is because then Mork makes the joke about like, oh, we're dressing up. Uh, do you have any Frankenstein costumes? And he's like, there are no Steins here. Try this on for size. Oh, dress up. Do you have a Frankenstein mask? <laughs> there are no steins allowed in here. Yeah. Which I first thought, like, well, what do you put your beer in? But uh, <laughs> then... <laughs> but, but then they go on, and we'll get into it, but they really hit the race stuff hard. Oh, yeah. There was a couple of those things, too, that they, they stood out to me. Because you could tell it was a bunch of affluent white people writing this script that they wanted to be poignant. Yeah. And there there were a couple of things that were like, I mean, maybe I'll let you get there, but like the black joke that they told was straight up murder. Yeah, maybe I missed that. Uh, the one about drowning? Yeah, there's a part, there's a part where yeah, I think I... is incessantly telling the race jokes that he's heard, and, and they start with the pull-out jokes, which are all... Pollocks are dumb. Ha ha. You know, like one of them is like, uh, uh, what did one Pollock, Polish dog or duck hunter say to the other? Something about like, maybe we're not throwing the dog high enough. Yeah. Oh, these two Polish duck hunters. One of them says, Stash, how come we're not getting any birds? He said, maybe we're not throwing the dog high enough. <laughs> and the one that he ended on well, was, we'll, uh, we'll okay, go. There. 
Yeah. Go. We'll get there. I, so. I actually think I didn't understand that one, which may be good for me, but uh, we'll, well I'll come. I'll come right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because... You, you can you can fill me in, and because it kind of pissed me off. Sure. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, but I, yeah, just the precursor is I think partially just because it was the seventies, you could get away with saying some of this stuff more, and it just that's what pissed me off. Yeah, but then at the same time, it does make it feel a little more authentic, too, that... Yeah, definitely, I'd agree with that. That these are the kind of stuff these people would be saying now, and I think TV shows would be too afraid to even say them, even though they're the villains of the show, but... I would love to see a modern sitcom take on the fucking KKK, yeah. or the KKL, whatever we've got going here. Like, yeah, and what's funny is that I don't think that anybody really is doing that. No, right no one's touching it. It's this huge void. E- even though it's the biggest issue in the country right now. Right? Everyone's too afraid, or they are actual white supremacists in yeah. power. It's not great. Well, I think for a while, right or wrong, I think, like I said, people just didn't think it was a thing anymore. Like, the KKK, that's so, you know, 80s or whatever, 70s. It's not around anymore. It's not worth talking about. But then, of course, it is. It, it's don't. so strange that people want to be Nazis right now. Like, that's so retro. That's so vintage. It's so kitschy. But also, they fucking lost. It's well, I don't, I don't think people weird. realize that, like... The you know like the Aryan Brotherhood never went away. The mm-hmm. Aryan Brotherhood is one of the largest gangs in America, and it has been for a long time. If you know any white person that spent more than a year in prison, that you know somebody that's probably joined the Aryan Brotherhood, right? Um, yeah. You know, like uh, the American Front, which is really active here in Oregon, as well mm-hmm. as um, it's the one that came out of it, uh, Volk's Front. Um, hmm. Like those guys have been around. Like when I moved to Oregon in 2013, like, I knew the history here, and I would walk around, and people would be like, oh, Oregon's so progressive, and I'd be like, who the fuck is that right there? What are you talking about? Like, there's there's white power guys all over this fucking town. It's really easy not to see when you just, yeah, when you just think that it's not so present. Like, there's a lot of subtle tells and dog whistles that they have with each other, right? Like, I think I learned just from you about spider web tattoos. Yeah, that's an A-B thing. Uh, a what? A Aryan Brotherhood. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. See, we're man. learning. So yeah, we got the off-brand KKK, <laughs> and we end up coming back to like Mindy's house where uh, Flava Flav is there, <laughs> and they're excitedly waiting to meet with this environmental group that Mork has set the meeting up with. So then the they like the three main people from that group come in. And uh, Robin Williams does some more stumping for him. Does a little uh, shtick of promoting flavor. Friends, are you looking for that special someone for your cause? Well, here he is, Nelson Flavor. Yes, he's a true American leader. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed, a true media honey. Yes, you've heard the phrase, Nixon's the one. Well, he's one, too. Talk about character, he sure is. Look at that nose. Yes, Nelson Flavor, no artificial ingredients added. Come on now, check him out today. Paid for by the Friends of Flavor. And I almost said Flavor Flavor again. I should have just done it. I can't not say it now. So this all ends up, and so then we still get the sitcom stuff of, as we talked about, like, 
they're all they're each saying things, but nobody's really getting on the same page because they're all being just vague enough with what their goals are. <laughs> well, why don't you all come in and sit down and let me get you some coffee? Good idea. <laughs> How do you take it? Anyway, but black. <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> a card. Whole deck, as a matter of fact. That no one figures it out until I think Mindy says like. Nelson's very concerned with protecting the environment. So what? <laughs> right, and I hated that. What, guy. what they did, what they did next was they were like, they were like, well, what's the first steps that you would take? That was yeah. the big reveal. Mm-hmm. Well, so you hated, so it was Lloyd you hated? Right. Or, well, both of them. Lloyd was the guy who was continually chewing gum for some reason. <laughs> because he's racist. Yeah, I don't know. Is that what that means? I don't know. He did give off, like, the really good white trash vibe somehow yeah. through the gum. Yeah, was the gum how. supposed to be just, like, chew, except chew isn't uh, as visual enough, so you go with the... Chew would have been great, but... <laughs> you know, maybe that's, actually, that's what it was because of the era. They probably immediately were like, oh, he's got chaw in his mouth, and then they were like, no, we don't want to do that, and they, so they switched it into gum. I bet yeah. you that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, it evoked more racism than gum yeah. usually does. Mm-hmm. But there is that casual, like, when you're just chewing gum open mouth all the time, it just feels a little like... You look like an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You look like an asshole. Uh, So, yes. So then uh, Nelson Flavor asks... Exactly how would you like me to help you clean up Boulder? To which the main racist, Jim Blake, says... Well, first, I think we ought to start with the spicks. And that's when there's a spick take. Everyone spits out their coffee on the word spick. I think I did as well, though. Right? I can't believe I've said it on our podcast. I know. Everyone knows that we've said it in You just coined the term spick take. I know. I feel like it was intentional. How are you you like, I can't believe that I said it? No, you literally. I know. Like, you didn't plan that. Well, it seemed like the text implied it because they're doing so many. Seven hours earlier today, you were like, spick take. That's fucking. I couldn't believe it. Because there's so many food puns in this thing about yeah. bread and rolls and well, race. Yeah. They have like a talk about what do you think about the race issue? And it's like, I don't care so long as I'm ahead. Like yeah. about. Oh, yeah, that was one of the race. really good one yeah. of the good ones. You, you, yeah, he's like, oh, he always wants to be first or something like that. Yeah. I but... feel like the spit take on that slur was intentional. And I was like, damn. I can't believe I've said this word on our podcast now. So. <laughs> I know. Well, it's hard with this episode because we're going to end up going further. Well, if, yeah, if you're going to have to because you have to reference some of the right. shit they said. Right, and it'll be in the clips too. Usually, we don't. We're we try to be as good liberal as we can. So it's good yeah, that we're challenging yeah. these issues. And then, well, speaking we of food takes, then that's when. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think what I think it was like Mindy like tries to clarify like who are you, what are you talking about and then the lady says the taco vendors right the taco benders the what the taco benders oh benders sorry did they make that up it doesn't sound like a real slur yeah I'm I'm certain that they kind of made that up because <laughs> that one made me laugh I was like taco benders <laughs> it's just like such a nonsense slur it yeah. kind of sounds like lesbian to me just because. Taco. Fair enough. Yeah, I think they used the term beaner eventually in this. Right. Too. 
And they it's a little redundant. Well, they yeah, because during that section, they, they just they just like spit out yes. this big stream of slurs. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, well, well first of all, where... before go we go any, yeah. I was just going to say, I feel like there's a lot of racism that revolves around naming uh, specifically Mexicans by like Mexican food. Uh-huh. But I feel like that ha- always has the opposite effect on me because yes. I just like them more because it reminds me of how great Mexican food is. That I it is endearing. It's like I could really go for uh, some tacos right yeah, now. That yeah. you said you know, taco tacos, some taco? beans on the side. Yeah, I'm just Fritata, sign me up, please. <laughs> and, and, and there are moments when like some Mort comes in and he's all mm-hmm. high on like the punchline, so he's saying all these race jokes, and there's yeah. a bunch of Polak jokes, which yeah. I don't really hear anymore. I don't know if I'm hanging out in the wrong circles, or people just used to do that in the 80s. Well, I think <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh... But it's sometimes I'm kind of like, are they saying these jokes to get away with them? Because the audience laughs mm-hmm. at them. Yeah, I know. That's You wonder about that. Yeah, the, the way the laugh track works throughout that section is yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they go over, because then he's like, well... Who, you know, what else? Or I forget the setup. And then they go, well, we want to get rid of the, I'm trying to think. They just go through a litany of racial slurs of people they want to get rid of. <laughs> Say all the race words, David. Go, go. Yeah, yeah I don't think that you're actually yeah, going to manage no. to recreate this scene without a you script. You shouldn't. It's Bible play script or whatever. <laughs> But that would just be hilarious if you said every single uh, <laughs> slur that you could think it. of after we've worked clean for three or four years. Don't. But... That's what Mark did. Boulders for Americans. Then I think we gotta go after the nipskooks and bagel breath. <laughs> then we can smear the Krauts, Pollocks, Beaners, and Jungle Bunnies. <laughs> well, who's gonna be left after all that? Seriously. And I think that's where you say I, we don't hear as many Pollock jokes, and they kind of come up with mm-hmm. this, but first of all, I never knew why Polish people. Uh, where that came from the disdain or the that they're all stupid i don't know what the origin of that is yeah i couldn't pinpoint it either just you know somebody hated a polish guy and maybe he was kind of dumb or not yeah well if you go to if you go to places like new york Mm -hmm. where number one they're very multicultural but number Mm -hmm. two there's also still like i think in most other places in the country you're not gonna walk into a polish neighborhood you know other than like Chicago, maybe Minneapolis. There's not a lot of places where there's still a large uh, ethnic neighborhood that are like Eastern European peoples. But, you know, you, when you go to those places, you'll definitely see, you know, people square up along whatever lines are available to them. Yeah. yeah it's kind just, of like an easy target. And I think just now white supremacy, we don't hear it as much because it's evolved beyond just as long as you're european and white they're all right with it so now like the polish are more i think they're more okay with them now which is pretty much like that's where that's where the concept of whiteness came from in the first place yeah Hmm. was was white people uh shoring up and kind of allowing the lower class people with white skin but who were of an ethnic background that was disparaged before they're like well you you know you can be one of us because we're because we're 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 scared of all these slave uprisings that are happening, so it's white and black now. Right. Yeah. It's because it, it, white white people wasn't a thing two hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. It was all these it was all these differing groups of people that were all kind of 
shitting on each other, and the you know it was more obvious that the uh, the, the the bourgeoisie was at the top. That's the real enemy. <laughs> yeah, it's about viewing the world as a zero sum game, where if somebody gains something, that means you lose something, and so it's always making people afraid of people who have less than you gaining more because you think that means you have less. And... It's because capitalism actually works that way. <laughs> people that think that are the ones on top. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, so, yeah, so they just go on on this tirade, and this is where Mindy gets really upset, luckily, for us at the, these jokes. And then she says she drops a bomb. I suppose that she's part. That moment cracked me up. Like the the whole the whole like. Well, I am deeply offended. It's like you know we're Polish. <laughs> like out of out of this big litany of racial slurs. Yeah. It's like no, there's no person of color in this to stick up for themselves. Right. There's none of that. No, it just turns out that Mindy is a secret pole. <laughs> <laughs> That's still enough for her to have a conscience. Yeah, is this where they do the black person joke? That was no, that's no. Kind of later. It's like the next scene or two oh, scenes. Okay, yeah, we'll later. get there. But yeah, yeah, uh, you can step on all those motherfuckers, but you leave the Polacks alone. Damn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I think she was trying to 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 read this uh, in a better light. I think she was just trying to make a point that sure. You know, she's because she says it's disgusting no matter what. And she kind of stands by that. She was definitely standing on the right side of the issue. It just kind of cracked me up. Yeah. That that was the moment. Mm -hmm. And at that point, they had already thrown multiple jabs at black people, Mm -hmm. Latinx people. Yes. um, You know, and, and like throughout the entire episode, the only people that are every one of the disparaged groups is a Polak and an Italian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that That is, I, I mean, I guess it's... There's also a moment at the end that right? was racist as shit right? that I'll bring up later. That's going to but... be amazing. Yeah, until mm-hmm. the very, very end, we don't get any people of color at yeah, all. No, and then one of them, what? one of them the show was uh, very unkind to. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to there. it. I, know exactly, I think I know exactly what you're talking about, and I put a note in for it, but... uh. Yeah, the... it's definitely noteworthy. Like after, <laughs> after that entire episode, you hear that and you're like, are you fucking crazy? I know, you're like, well, I guess there's always a hierarchy, right? <laughs> That's why people don't touch it now, is somebody would really get offended, because uh, these are just rich dudes in the mm-hmm. 70s. Well, I mean, and of course, I mean, this show is heart was in the right place, but at the same time, yeah, yeah it's an all-white cast, and that kind of limits things, and when you look at it through that eye, you're like... Yeah, he's talking the talk, but are you walking the walk here? Because... Mork's an alien, David. That's more diverse than you'll ever be. <laughs> <laughs> more diverse than you'll ever be. Uh, points that match way. there. <laughs> I don't think that you can call a singular person diverse. <laughs> well, I know that anybody can D- be David's diver- diversity. Diversity is an adjective applied to groups. Listen, well, my... well, we'll see. My people were disparaged in this episode, too, so, you know. Good. Are you a Polak? No, it was his Irish joke that, uh... Oh, yeah. That's me, too. I'm half Irish, so, you know, I was very offended. Irish were half Irish. That makes you very unique. Yeah. (laughs) Right? No, Irish don't get their dicks everywhere or nothing. Half Irish, half German. Did they... Was the Germans disparaged, or...? They didn't talk much. They liked Germans. They didn't hear it. And Irish people are some of the people who used to, like, not be white until yeah definitely but it's not that gives me any cred i don't no no i'm not i am not (laughs) i'm also not trying to 
claim any cred on being disparaged. Right. I just, Good. I know definitely <laughs> back in, you know, when they were coming over during the potato famine, they were not treated yeah. well. No enough. one likes people from a famine. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to help people? Uh, so this all ends up with uh, Mindy kicking the white supremacist out, but then Mark's like, why you got to do my friends like that? <laughs> And then Mindy just says, well, if they're your friends, get the hell out, too, which I'd normally approve of. But Mork is just a big man child. So maybe she should take some time to explain what's going on here. Yeah, she 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 does clarify that in the next scene. Yeah, later. But I'm just like, eh, now it's not, maybe you should tell him what's wrong right now and not just be like. There was there was still 18 minutes left in the episode. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> she is she, like, the mom of him? Did she yeah. just find him in the woods? Because later they make Jonathan Winters, right? They hook up. Yeah, they get married. Yeah. Um, Fully coitus. I can't remember. The first episode, the pilot, is actually when they meet. And yeah. I remember watching it as a kid. And I think she does find him or something. It's really nice of her to take on this man-child, coked-out, hairy-armed dude. And this is what I name. don't know. He, this is He was on Happy Days, though, right? Oh shit! Was he? Oh, that's right. He was a happy. Because this is character. considered a spinoff of Happy Days. Now, wait, just wait. about everything made during that era was a spinoff of Happy Days. <laughs> yeah. Was he the character Mork on Happy Days? I believe yes. They had aliens with the fawns. <laughs> yeah. What I, the oh, shit? Okay. <laughs> happy Days was weird as hell. Damn. That's also where the term "jumping the shark" came from yeah. because right. they went so long they ran out of ideas. One of those ideas was Mork from Ork. Wow, so he was like the little green Magoo or whatever yeah. Fred Flintstone's guy was. Yes, there was, I think. Wow. Yeah. Wasn't Mr. Magoo based on something? Uh, or maybe he Mr. was. Mr. Magoo was. Well, was Mr. Earlier. Magoo is the blind guy. Yeah, what yeah, is yeah. the name of Kazoo, the little green or, man? Yeah. Oh, the guy yeah, from the Flintstones. Yeah, yeah. yeah the alien when, when they go sci fi. It's always bad remember. when things get double mumbo jumbo. That's why you can't do caveman and sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's at the very beginning. In 1978, <laughs> there was a Happy Days episode called My Favorite Orkin. What the shit? Oh my god, I didn't know this. And then in 79, there was another episode called Mork Returns. So he's on two episodes as Mork. Did him and the Fonz be cool together? I wish I knew. I bet they did. I'm gonna... <laughs> if there's anybody that an alien would immediately gravitate to it would be the fun yeah you can't not it would be the guy that can magically control the jukebox with his elbow right because mork has some of those powers (coughs) yeah Yeah. we'll get there his powers are very nebulous apparently i I can't wait to try to discuss them (laughs) so so after she kicks mork out uh the the scene changes to mindy being in the restaurant again and she's commiserating to genie a uh, female friend of hers that uh about with Mork. a sick hot dog shirt. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty sick. And right then, she does explain why she kicked him out. She just, she says like before I even had the chance to think, I just kicked him out. Which is she a... said that she's just like you know she's a little bit upset that there are clans people in her house. So <laughs> That's understandable. Coffee. That's pretty valid. Yeah, I love that I decided to use a a, a, <laughs> a gender neutral term, clans people. <laughs> <laughs> We're so good. We're, we try. Mm-hmm. See, it's I kind of hate myself for that, actually. It's not that hard to try. <laughs> Come there on, everybody. There was a prominent else female in the, in the house, though. Or prominent female white supremacist, I should say. That's true. Yeah. There was a lady clans lady. A clans bitch. 
Mindy says that hate groups can really poison the minds of impress of the impressionable and that they hide behind the flag. And I'm like, well, I can't argue with any of that. So yeah, we can- Mindy's <laughs> right as hell. Well, Did yeah. Mindy and the Fonz hang out? Also, Mindy understands fascism better than a good 40% of our population. Yeah, there's some is... knowledge that gets dropped in this episode. Why is everyone so dumb now? <laughs> it's really weird, too, when people like don't really understand. like The fact that nationalism is like the number one warning sign for fascism Mm -hmm. like i really don't feel like it should be a weird thing like it's been known for a really long time (laughs) you know like germans have been ripping the flags off of their clothes for you know since about 1948 (laughs) (laughs) but america number one yeah i don't have anything sadly yeah (laughs) (laughs) cricket chirp uh, so then she's commiserating and then Rhett or Remo, is that his name? Remo? Yeah. Yeah. Remo comes in and he's like, oh, Mindy, I heard you're Polish. Here's some jokes for you. So like, <laughs> uh, apparently shitting on the Polish is just par for the course in Boulder right now. Then America It did really feel did like it. they specifically took some time out to drop like nine of those jokes. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they bought like a racist joke pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> and they just couldn't wait to tear through it like an eight-year-old with a joke book. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it, it, it's almost like... They're also presenting this fact that Mindy was Polish as, like, this was her secret shame, too, or something. <laughs> like, she really didn't want it to get out, but she just had to because now Mark's involved with white supremacists. And, you know, she had to do what it took to, like, try to wake him up. But... <laughs> it's all escalated so fast. <laughs> she's like, well, by the way, I'm Polish. Yeah. And it's, it <laughs> dun, was like, dun, and now dun. everyone's like, oh, you're Polish. This is going to be good. Like, I don't even see why that would be such a bad thing for white supremacists. Like, Poland was the place that Hitler wanted first. Yeah, I... I I bet they're cool with them now. But at the time, it was just such an easy punchline. There's just so many Polak jokes in the 80s and 90s. There's a Polak joke section in um, Raising Arizona. Yeah. Just a lot of Mm -hmm. movies. It's like, oh, time to shit on the poles. It's like, why? Okay, fine. No, well, no. I feel I feel like it became this really odd cultural meme because mm-hmm. there's so few places in America where people are meeting any sort of population of Polish people, any sort mm-hmm. of gathered, identified population right. of Polish people. You know, like those those shows were all made in in L.A. In L.A., like has a really significant Jewish population, has a really significant Armenian population, but I can't think of a fucking Polish community in Los Angeles, even though it has just about every other one out there. Hmm. I feel like there was something about the safety of it. Yeah. That was like partly why all those jokes got so popular, because then later yeah. they all turned into blonde jokes. Right. And that way you can hate women, which is <laughs> very safe. Yeah. And so then... We're not done with the Polish jokes because then Mork comes in and he has a gift for Mindy. A light bulb? Yeah, I want to see how many relatives would take to screw it in. (laughs) How mean do you have to be to buy someone a present that's a diss on their race? Like, you have to go to the store. One light bulb, please. It's for a racial joke. (laughs) What a bastard. 
And it's also for a meta-racial joke. Like, he actually <laughs> didn't make the joke. He made a joke about making a joke. Yeah. That'll show her. Yeah, this is where, at the time, I didn't realize they're kind of going this way, but this is really showing that Mork is all about the jokes. Yeah. He, he's in it for the lulz, as you said, Carolyn. Yeah, He's in it for the lulz. I didn't mean to be a Nazi. It was just so fun. Yeah, you know, I was just playing a Nazi on the internet. I'm not a real Nazi. All those memes are the best memes. It's not my fault. <laughs> uh, so he's going, yeah, he's going through all this, and then, uh, when, oh, this is where he goes on his just tirade of racial jokes. Like he made fun of the Irish here, where he said, "Well, you know what's wrong with Ireland geographically? It's above sea level." <laughs> like we weren't drowning or Atlanteans, yeah. mm-hmm. and that was one of the first drowning jokes. Yeah. Some of them are jokes, and some of them are like, this person should be fucking dead. Uh, yeah, that that was the one that I was referencing earlier, uh-huh. too, which was a lot of those were jokey, ha-ha. Like, other than the one I'm about to mention, mm-hmm. the Irish joke was was the hardest. But then he yeah. ended it with, like, you could tell that they kept skipping around uh, coming out and saying anything about black people. And then when they did, they just went full bore. Mm-hmm. You know how to save a darkie from drowning? No, Mark. Good. <laughs> and I was like, well then, all right. That's just murder. That's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, so I rewound it a couple times. I heard donkey. Not, oh, what? So oh I was confused, God. yes. And I'm like, is that like a racial slur I'm not? familiar with or something he hates a bunch of different races and a donkey because it's a mix between a horse and a mule that's right oh wait no a mule is a donkey yeah well i was going between donkey and doggy and i did not get to darky which yeah i've heard that that's a really old slur to me i'm sure some people still say it but i that's one that doesn't even occur to me it's no good he makes a wop sticks joke what's going on here oh remo you know my friends say about italians eating chinese food they use wop sticks (laughs) (laughs) that was so awkward yeah. That one was great, too, because it was after all the other ones that were just straight-up brutal. And yeah. then the guy was like, well, hey, now. And I was like, dude, <laughs> this is seriously, a minute ago, it was drowning darkie. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. You draw the line at Wopsticks. Wopsticks fucking <laughs> sends you into a fit of rage. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, darkie, oh. that's no good. No good at all. Uh, So... Now Mindy decides to sit down, Mark, and explain some bigotry. And they make an Italian joke on the word bigotry. Oh, yeah. Mark, do you know what bigotry is? Sure, bigotry. That's what they have in Italian forests. Bigotry. (laughs) Bigotry. (laughs) That was maybe the most successful racial joke for me. Not that it's good, but... There was one of them that made me laugh out loud and I felt like a fucking asshole. And I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't Bigotry. <laughs> it may have been the Bigotry one just because it was so stupid and random. That's the lesson for us is that, you know, you can try to be a good person and you'll still laugh at a bad joke. Yeah. Also, just for the record, I had a really shitty day, so I was laughing at anything that I could. <laughs> Great. I'm, fuck that. I'm not defending myself. Whatever. Some fucking shitty racist joke made me laugh. That's, that's what happened eric cash is owing that <laughs> you knew it was wrong it happened but you couldn't stop right you know that's between you and god at the yeah. end of the day right know? yeah god's a chew oh shit uh 
Mindy says that Mork's friends could fertilize Iowa with their mouths, and I really like that terminology. What does that mean, that their mouths are full of cum? No, that... shit. Oh, that They're kind of fertile. Yeah. Right, right. I get it. <laughs> and then that's where Mark's like, oh, they're just jokes. I just want to have some fun and laugh. And then Mindy says, Mark, they use those jokes as weapons until they have enough guts to buy bullets. I thought that was a good line. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. And then she pulls out the Holocaust card that basically... Lamb. <laughs> Did you say lame? The Holocaust card. As if that existed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I probably that was probably poor terminology. I just... Oh, yeah? Boom. It would be great if it was like a big heavy book and you could... Uh-huh. <laughs> table. Well, there's a list that's really long. Oh, great. Yeah, Schindler's List. <laughs> no, that's the edited version. But no, she mentions that basically maybe like the Nazis start out just making jokes about the Jews until and, and I don't know how historically accurate that completely is, but uh, well, no, actually, what the reason that that blew my mind is like, hmm. yes, that's exactly what happened. Oh shit! Like I thought everybody knew that. Like no, there's like all these political cartoons and stuff from uh from like 30s era Germany, 20 eras Germany, 20s era Germany, uh, you know, just vilifying Jews for this and that, um. As well as uh, as uh, Arab people and Muslim people, yeah, she was like, "I bet," and I was like, "That's really not that poignant. It's actually a historically documented fact." So you you win your bet, but I'm not taking it against you. <laughs> She's trying. She's pretty woke for a poll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about everything I said today. Yeah, it's kind of like <sighs> you. The jokes are used as icebreakers to kind of like slowly uh, uh well, i guess normalize racism in a way and just make you and, more yeah and us or them and yeah, yeah now us and now we've got this enemy i mean the one tactic this doesn't really get into is the pseudo intellectual tactic of like well racism is just that's the smart way to go about things is to segregate everyone because we all know genetically we're all different are you ta- you're talking about race realism yeah which is an old old tactic so eric you know so much about like tactics mm-hmm. and where it comes from and i heard this amazing story from you once where it was like you hung out with the dude who wrote a lot of the propaganda that is actually still in place yes can um, you touch on that a little bit i can tell the story if you want i would um, love that yeah so when i was when i was a kid <clears throat> i moved here to oregon this is actually one of the reasons why i fucking hate oregon to this day um <laughs> but you're I, still here baby i know but i got stuck uh, yeah, that's us. That yeah. doesn't make you hate it less. It does exactly the opposite. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Fight the fight. But uh, when I so when I first moved to Oregon, I was sixteen, and I moved to Albany, and I had grown up around queer men, and I had just moved from California, where I had gotten radicalized by uh, 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 anti-racist communist in my group home, who was a counselor and a Berkeley professor. Wow. Or not professor, uh, Berkeley sociology graduate. Um, and so I moved to Albany, this little town that had just recently been taken over by the American Front and taken over and then it all moved out. So there wasn't a Nazi actual presence anymore. There was just like Nazi shit in all the corners. Hmm. If you know what I mean? Like, Weird. like just like just like leftovers like- of. Graffiti or no, 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 no. Just like people that still believe some people. of that stuff, but nobody was an open Nazi anymore. Oh shit! Um, 
so I moved to town and I wasn't having, and I hung out with all the punk rockers. And of course, like, that's where a lot of the people that had been influenced by that stuff, even people that hadn't run with it and were always against it, like some of it had infected their brains a little bit. And, uh, like, and I was a kid that like, you know, like I read Stokely Carmichael and shit. I was having none of this bullshit. I didn't want anything to do with any of it at all. Um, and, uh, and I lived there and after I was there for a while, uh, this guy named Jason Mowdy wound up being my friend and Jason, um, I had known who he was. There was a couple people from the American front that were kind of prominent figures. Jason had been the youngest leader of the American front. Uh, he was hyper intelligent. So he had written a bunch of their stuff too. Um, and a couple years before I got there, he had decided Jason was also a terror. I run into people here when when I bring up that name and they flinch because like he literally like blew up houses in Salem and shit. Jesus. Um but he wound up becoming my friend when I was about seventeen. Jeez. And he'd been um he had he'd been jumped out of the American front a couple of years before. He was a tough dude too. Was he, he like your age at the time or a little he older? He was a couple years older. Um and uh, when they had come and jumped him out, uh, six skinheads came to his house with knives and, uh, you know, the broke windows came in and stuff. He, I guess he got stabbed something like eight times. Yeah. He beat all these guys down and then walked himself to the hospital <laughs> with all these stab wounds. So um, what would have happened if he didn't beat the guys? Would he have been murdered or would yeah. it just be the violence? Yeah. He would okay. Have been murdered. Okay, yeah. shit. Um, shit. Or he would have just bled out and died. But yeah, yeah that kind of stab murder. So, so I wound up kind of like begrudgingly becoming friends with Jason. Um, he's a charismatic guy. Yeah. And he was out of this stuff. And like from day one, it was always like, you keep that Nazi shit the fuck away from me because I don't want anything to do with it. It's good and to I have was, boundaries. Well, not just boundaries. I feel like I was a young, angry kid too. And I was on the other end of the spectrum. I was like, you can go fuck yourself with that. Like I had experienced... Um, the really ugly sides of racism in the way that I could when I was young. Like I, that's one of the reasons why I was so easily radicalized when I was young. Uh, hmm. uh, that's a story for another time. But sure. so, so I wound up hanging out with with Maudie a bunch, and um, we were, you know, I was young and I lived in Oregon, and uh, so we did meth together a lot. And, um, classic young Oregon, right or just there. anywhere that's away from a city and you're young. Um, True. and so Jason would have these long conversations with me where he, some of his Nazi rhetoric would start to come out and I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I don't want to hear any of that. And even at the time I realized that what he was doing was he was a hyper intelligent person. I'm a hyper intelligent person. And I, I think most people he could talk circles around them and he was kind of using me to deprogram himself. Hmm. Like he would, he would bring up like some of this stuff and I'd, you know, I'd just get mad, but I could shoot down all the arguments and be like, well, you're kind of full of shit. And like that didn't happen that way. Um, and it always annoyed the shit out of me, but I think I kind of inherently knew what he was doing, that he literally was just like rooting through his brain, trying to get the rest of this bullshit out. Um, and it's, it's, it's the reason uh, that I know a lot of white supremacist talking points and dog whistles is because I've heard all of this shit, the, the repurposed uh, working class language of Nazis. And uh, there's a billion different 
little things, but you know, they stick out to me now because I know what they are. Because you've heard them straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, and I've heard him like talk in circles around them. And then Jason, uh, you know, we were friends for a couple of years. Contentious friends. He always got on my nerves. He's an ex-Nazi, but sure. <laughs> but he's still somebody that meant something to me. And yeah. then um, yeah. in 1997, I had left Albany because it's an awful place to be. And I was, I think I was in New York at the time. I had, I had bailed and traveled to uh, to the East Coast, and uh, <laughs> and I was making calls home by picking up credit card numbers outside of gas stations. I'd spare change my way to the East Coast in a in a 1976 Cutlass Supreme, Damn. which got 12 miles to the gallon. So it took me a month. Damn. Um, so I was a young crusty punk, and and uh, and I got a credit card number, made a phone call back home, was like catching up with friends, and I found out that Jason had started to try to clean up his life. He had started going to rehab, and he was writing screenplays. Wow. And he was living in Salem, and he was walking to his rehab in Salem one day, and he was walking across a park, and a couple of Volk's front skins saw him and recognized who he was, uh, and so they walked up behind him, and one of them had a pistol, and they shot him in the back of the head. Jesus. So that's the story of how I know Jason Mowdy. R.I.P. Mowdy. And his stuff is still like a lot of the talking points used today. Yeah. And I mean, he didn't write all of it, but yeah. like, he knew every fucking piece of it. You know, he was he was a big time recruiter. Uh, you know, like that was his thing. Like that's that's who those guys like is somebody angry, tough and smart enough to disingenuously use all those talking points to whip people around. Like, that shit is all completely full of shit. But uh, a smart person, you know, can be a manipulative person and and use it all to uh, to, to influence people and grab a hold of other young angry kids to, uh, you know, get them shaved head and see Highland. But that's how they treat you <laughs> afterward. <laughs> They're not, like, good friends. Yeah. Well, I think he knew that that was always a, a possibility, too. Like, you know, I mean, they're basically a street gang that, that has uniforms. Mm-hmm. So there I mean, you have the, it. That, yeah. that's, that's all white supremacist thing. They just have an obsession with power. You know, they're just scared and they want power over other people. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's all the real Nazis were. It was a big fucking street gang. Heavy. Yeah. Heavy <laughs> shit. Heavy shit on Mork and Mindy yeah, tonight. No. Yeah! <laughs> Getting real. I... <laughs> It's such a it's such a weird dichotomy tonight, but I kind of enjoy it. That's what Mork's going through too. It's the same thing. <laughs> so Mork was in it for the jokes, not so well, not the intellectual, <laughs> not the appeal to intellect, but the appeal to let's just have some fun. These are these are my friends, which I guess I hear is another tactic. It's like if you just become friends with people who are white supremacists, they might not say they are to begin with, but once you find out they are, they're already your friends. So you kind of feel like, yeah, maybe I should just go along with it because. Peer sure. pressure. I don't have any other friends, you know, but, uh, then, so, but then, so Mindy's kind of laying it all down for Mork and Mork is pretty much getting it. And he's like, well, aren't, aren't there people out there that are like shifty layabouts? And Mindy's like, yeah, but any race can be a shifty layabout. And I can attest to that. <laughs> the really great line right there. She was like, aren't there any people on earth who are lazy, shiftless, pushy, dumb and inscrutable? There are, but but in every race, creed, and color. And aren't the people like that on Orc? Not anymore. They sent me here. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one, yeah. He needs to look at the orc in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the orc in the mirror. Uh, so then they, uh, Mark and Mindy come home, but they find, from the movies, apparently they went to the movie afterwards, or, or it doesn't really matter. Uh, they come home, and their place is ransacked, and so they're going through, and Mindy's pretty upset about it, naturally, and it's, it's kind of a odd scene to just see this sitcom house in ruins here. Oh, yeah. We've never seen the friends' houses tousled. Yeah. <laughs> and especially done it in a specific, like... Certainly, most sitcoms will have their domicile uh, destroyed in some way or another, usually by some sort of <laughs> mishap by the wacky neighbor. But uh, oh yeah, now I'm picturing like the full house window getting yeah exactly <laughs> over and over and over again. But usually not as an act of violence, right? Know. What if somebody racially terrorized Danny Tanner? Yeah, exactly. I would like to see that. <laughs> we mean, need some trouble. Yeah. It was a, it was kind of a scary scene. But then, what was really kind of eerie is they yeah. opened the the stairs to the attic, and out comes like a mannequin being hung, who's dressed, I guess, in like typical Polish garb. Yeah, I think it was typical Sears garb. Yeah, I know. <laughs> typical Mindy garb. They might have yeah. just got it right out of her closet because she's wearing a pretty similar <laughs> dress. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because it is it's definitely a man. It can it's like a male dude yeah. mustache face of the kind that I don't see in modern times in a dress. So it's kind of like a even scarier somehow. Yeah, very reminiscent of uh, obviously like a lynching warning kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, an effigy of lynching. Yeah. And Robin Williams is right there. Yeah. It's so strange to see, like, such a big star talk about white supremacy. hmm And, yeah, so they're both pretty freaked out by this, naturally. And so now uh, Mork says he's going to have to take matters into his own hands. So he goes over to the uh, meeting place of the... Uh, what are they? The Pure Power? I don't even know what their name is. Uh, Pure Power is is uh, the name of their organization. Yeah, right. He goes there and he starts using his uh, alien powers to just some, fuck some shit up there. He's... This is the best part. <laughs> it's so amazing. We'll talk about how many crazy powers he has. He has the power to sludge a poster. Yeah. yeah he has the yeah, power that... to mix up letters on a yeah, poster. Yeah, I don't know what's weirder. Is the sludge weirder than the make letters drop off of a poster? That's even worse. Like, how, how how can you make letters drop off? <laughs> there's also a part. There's also a part where, like, after using his finger guns to like pop out small pieces of the window, yeah, he like turns around and farts and, <laughs> and busts the entire window frame out. Yeah, yeah, it was like a butt bust, and then the audience was cheering. So I guess they don't believe that that violence against property is violence. Yeah, yeah, I was I was really, really, really enjoying uh, the the audience cheers through that part. I was like, "That's what you guys are supposed to do, right? Right?" It just it seemed like everything made more sense in this universe than it does in ours, and that's ridiculous because he's from goddamn orc. He's an egg boy. What's going on? Well, it helps he has magical powers though, so you know he <laughs> and that he's got the charisma of a, yeah. a hundred watt light bulb. Yeah, so he's he's fucking shit. Up. Yeah, so he does. But he has got the far powers. He can he burns like the altar or or the podium. I guess I should Cupid, say in half. Cupid. Yeah, 
And then he, uh, he sludges a poster. He makes the letters fall off a poster. The sludge might be my favorite, because can you do that to any poster? <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Just making it run with black goo. That was the darkest of his powers. <laughs> yeah, would you think that's like orc blood he just like, <laughs> Could be orc blood. He just had extra blood. Yeah. It, it was interesting. So this pro- Mindy comes to pop. Well, part of me was like, so I guess this is a place they own and not like just some sort of like conference room they rent out every once uh, in a while. Who knows? They're, they might be fucking up the YMCA. Yeah, but... yeah. What if he busted up like an AA meeting or something? You know? <laughs> they were eating donuts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry. Nanu, <laughs> <laughs> But but the posters were still up, so I assume it was still, yeah, all a part of their organization. <laughs> now I really want, like, alcoholics there dealing with that. Be another... <laughs> be like, man, what did we ever do except try to get clean? <laughs> One of them starts drinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, instead, Mindy comes in and she, she gives the, uh, you know, violence isn't the answer. What have you done? More violence just leads to more violence. Yeah. I think I've done the wrong thing. I'm becoming like them. This is how wars have started, men. We can't fight hate with hate. We're just not good at it. What's the answer? I don't know. I wish I did. I was taught to fight hate with love and understanding. I don't know, Mindy. I don't know. <laughs> It's He's a hippie that lives in Boulder. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm conflict. I don't. I. I she, think- she started that whole like that makes you just as bad as them thing, which always pisses me right off. <laughs> right. Like I'm really sorry, but breaking somebody's podium is not the same. Yeah, exterminating people in mass for their race. Right. Yeah. Nothing. That will never make me as bad as them. <laughs> specifically, ever. what Mork did is nothing. Like, yeah, nothing about that would. I mean. She says violence isn't the answer. He says, then what is? And she's like, I don't know. And I think that's probably where I come from, where you just can't kill everybody violence-wise, but not fighting isn't the answer either. So I, it's... it's well, a- well, that's is. also another misnomer. People yeah. like rank all violence as exactly the same. Right. Yes. People, people are like, oh, well, you know, it's two sides, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, their side has killed people. Right. And our side punches them in the face right these are two different things these uh, are two different things like no one no one that was is an identified anti-fascist has driven a car at high speed into a crowd of a hundred people with intent to murder yeah they have done singled people out and socked them in the mouth mm. those are two entirely different <laughs> fucking things right and it's not that violent to sludge a poster <laughs> Which is the cool new Antifa thing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing Mork has done is violence. It's just sludging all the posters you see with your loose goo. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. And you you get into like, should you punch someone just for their speech? And I'm like, yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear the speech. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it comes down to just not going to lose any sleep over a Nazi getting punched in the face, whether we want to make some grand philosophical arguments about anything i'm just like see that's the thing that that i always say to people is it's is it's like okay i believe in fighting fascists i believe Mm -hmm. in stopping them from organizing in stopping them from speaking and making them afraid but other people don't necessarily have to agree with me 
I'm fine with them just turning the other cheek and not being too upset that a Nazi gets his ass beat. Yeah. Which no, is I mean, what they want to do anyway. They're so good at turning their cheek. Right? Why is it such a problem? It's like mm-hmm. it's like some some of these fucking, quote, centrists just think that, well, what if I want to be a Nazi? That should be fine, right? Yeah. And it's like, no, then you'll get hit in the face. <laughs> I, think, I think 90% of the people that, that have this, like, fucking apologist yeah. bullshit attitude have probably just, like, blasted out the word porch monkey at a family reunion one time <laughs> or something. Right. And they're just not going to come out and say that they're worried that they're going to get punched in the mouth. Right, Like, maybe. somehow I feel like it's really selfish. And it could, you could get punched a lot at a family reunion. It depends on the family. <laughs> but there's a lot of ways that could go down. And, you know, maybe you've said that N-word to a rap one time. It doesn't mean... Some antifa person is going to pull you out of the car, but if you are and even if it does yeah. mean that you get punched in the mouth for saying it, well, right. fair enough, you fucking said it, right, yeah. <laughs> right. And it's just you know, well, you, I have never been hit in the face, and we'll see how long that keeps going. It's great, but I mean, I, you've got to be able to recover. It's not like I've been hit in the face a lot of times. How it's was really it? Not that bad. All right, <laughs> David. I've never. I got. Well, we've talked about me getting hit with a. A chair. chair I remember head, your wrestling that... days. It's very. You got hit with a chair wrestling. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, David's the fucking man. A folding chair. Yeah. Backyard wrestling days. It was. A, Did you have strings on your arm? Chair. Please tell me that it was your manager who betrayed you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just my partner who betrayed me. Yeah. All right. This is good Did you learn your lesson? Yeah, I know. Well, I got three stitches, so... <laughs> oh, shit! That wasn't like a theater blow. No, <laughs> it was. <laughs> we practiced it a few times, and I tell him, all right, don't go any harder than that. That's, like, the exact right threshold. And then he goes, like, three times harder and just clocks oh, me in the back man. of the Well, that's how stage works, though. Like, you don't, you don't have the same I, judge. I was young. Like, when, when, when you're practicing, <laughs> as you do when you get all excited yeah. and you're in front of a crowd. <laughs> uh... Where Did we, we hit the end of the episode yet? <laughs> We're almost there. No, so, well, this is where Mork fucks shit, shit up. Uh, Mindy goes with uh, violence, causes more violence. But white supremacists come in. They're all in their robes and stuff. So I don't know what they were off doing, but it was probably no good. It could have been a fitting. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. may have been that they all needed new robes. Yeah, or and they they were just at the at the at the KKK Taylor. <laughs> Maybe a photo shoot or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we need our full regalia here. They come back and set, and then Morks decides, well, the only thing that can fix this is a change of heart or something to that effect. No, I remember what it was is is that she she had originally said to them, the only way that we can fight them is, is with love and understanding. Oh, yeah, he tries love. Well, we're going to make a mess out of you and the Polacks. Oh, I guess this is a job for love, man. Oh, hun, with you to look at this, it's so unkempt. <laughs> I know you, you people must be tired after a hard day of hating various and sundry ethnic groups, so why don't you just sit down, I'll get your pipe, your slippers, and your kerosene. <laughs> All right, let's get, let's get him. Yeah, he tries love, and then that doesn't work. And then he goes, let's try understanding. And then he does his, his <gasps> Martian magic. Oh, yay, this part yeah. is crazy. <laughs> so he does his Martian magic. And I thought he was just, like, putting thoughts into their minds or something. But they're all like, <laughs> oh, I feel kind of weird. And they decide, yeah. well, might as well take my costume off. And the first guy, I think he's supposed to be the head guy. 
He's a black man now. Oh my god, so he has the power to change race. Yes, he changes, he said, he, well, it's even more than race. <laughs> yeah, but then it gets all weird. Yeah, yeah, people are like blue and striped and such. Blue lives matter. Yeah, there's a, there's a blue one, there's a bright red one, and then one dude has the tiger stripes across his yeah, face. He's like yellow with like a diagonal gray stripe. It yeah. looks like theater kids went nuts painting them, which is exactly what happened. And I think one of them's Hispanic, right? One of the guys. Yeah, there's a there's. He a... was either supposed to be. Yeah. He, he was supposed to be Latinx, or like they tried to paint him a color, and it was a really odd color because it looked like it looked like a white guy that was painted like yeah a shade the color of an IKEA table or something <laughs> yeah. like it was. They couldn't hire an actual person of color, so they just kind of yeah, bronzed the dude. Yeah, it was a weird non-color. It was like, are you the and and the dude's and the d- dude's hair was like clearly dyed. Like you couldn't tell if it was supposed to be one of the wacky colors that the other people were, <laughs> or if they were trying some like sort of amorphous, maybe Mexican, maybe Middle Eastern yeah. kind of thing, and just doing it really badly. Maybe they were trying to do like the old school Klingons when they just looked Puerto Rican from the <laughs> Star Trek. One's Klingon. And then the lady takes her hood off. Yeah, that's when it gets really good. <laughs> that was the most cringy part of that entire episode. There's this thing where you're like, okay, let's really stop making race jokes. But what about Asians? <laughs> yes, because she's yeah. Asian, which is fine in and of itself. But then it's they great. decide to put some stereotypical, like, uh, Asian Yeah, it immediately goes, Well, I'm just going to reprogram their genes. And you're like, uh... No, I thought we learned you guys. That was was my, you gotta be fucking kidding me moment. Because especially at where it was in there... Like, if it, like, I get it that it's the 70s and that there were ignorant jokes made. Yeah. And if something like that had happened during that litany of race jokes that happened in the restaurant earlier. Right. Where it was like, obviously, no one in this show can decide where they stand on racism. Like, that would have yeah. been one thing. But after this huge <laughs> emotional buildup to, like, bigotry is wrong, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I know. It just wasn't a problem at the time. I know. <laughs> Cringy. And yeah, you know, it's it one of those no moments where you've been indulging in so many racial jokes before we turned around and they just had one more. And it wasn't wrong. a funny moment either. It no. was a really like. Well, see, this is where it's almost like it wasn't supposed to be a joke. It's just they couldn't not do it, I guess. <laughs> Like, yeah, is that it? Or were they, like, worried that... Maybe it was because they painted the other guy such a nondescript <laughs> color. They were like, we need to let everybody know that this lady's Asian. <laughs> what if they had, like, a melody for every race? I mean, <laughs> like, the alien races, the blue guy and the red guy and the stripes guy all got, like, a... Or whatever. You know, I'm not a composer. No, no, let's you see how racist you can be here, Kayla. <laughs> with song. Let's see how racist you can be with song. <laughs> No, I don't. No, it was it was jarring just because, as we said, it was this this was the exact lesson we were supposed to be learning, and then they failed it themselves. And then 
Couldn't resist. Yeah, and like I said, I, part of me feels like they just, they just like, well, there's an Asian on the television. We need to throw some music at it because how else are they going to know? I don't know. And it's really common in this era to have, like, an Asian person get their little theme song yeah. of Asia. And it's like, why the fuck are you doing that? Oh, yeah. There's so many films that I've gone back to that I never thought of anything like that. Breakfast Even, at Tiffany's, big one. Well, yeah, well, Breakfast at, but Breakfast at Tiffany's is older. Yeah. But there's a bunch of stuff from You're the right. 80s where I go back and I was like, and it'll pop out and I'll be like, fucking really? It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's 16 Candles, right? Oh, yeah. 16 Candles, the donger. Yeah. And he always has a gong play anytime he shows up. That's Right. Right. I mean, I did love the actor, but yeah, that's um. a great role. <laughs> yeah. But that, so then they all have to learn to love every race, I guess. Cause yeah. Mindy's are. like, is it going to wear off? And he's like, maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. It depends on. And he has this line about, uh, you know, they have to find brotherhood without hoods. <laughs> Brother. Look, are they going to stay this way? Well, only until they learn about brotherhood without the hood. Goodbye, everybody. Welcome to America. And then maybe their race will go back from blue. <laughs> and then they get rewarded with being white again. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great if you only got to be white if you weren't racist. <laughs> that would really be good. But, like, being white is the prize. That that part's bad. So we get the typical ending to a Mark and Mickey... Mark and Mickey? Mark and Mindy episode, which is he gives Orson a call, but this time he doesn't want to make jokes at Orson's expense. I forgot this was the framing device, or maybe I didn't know, but I found it really cute. I watched the effects twice. So Mort <laughs> just sits on the couch, and he goes into his mind, yeah. and they have this really cool, like, rainbow 70s effect of him going there. Yeah, because that's his thing, is that he's supposed to be on Earth yeah. to he's to analyze yeah. Earthlings and their whole thing. So at the end of, just like every 80s sitcom, he <laughs> learns a lesson. So once he learns his lesson, he explains his lesson to Orson. It's a really great device. And so is yeah. Orson like his space dad? Because that's what yeah. he felt like. Pretty much. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's his, his boss. Dad or, yeah, uh, his boss, I guess, is the way to put it. He's like the big giant head, right? Exactly. Yeah, and, and Mork wants to make fun of him because I guess he usually does, but he mm-hmm. opens up really soft and he's but surprised. Then but then it's kind of, then Orson's like, well, I'm used to it. I kind of want you to make fun of it, which is a little weird, but it kind of plays into some people's idea who think they can be like jokingly racist with the people who... Right. Yeah, but it was also all sideways, because he never said anything racist to Orson. Yeah, I know. Fun of him. <laughs> it wasn't an attack against all Orkians, it's just an attack against Orson. Yeah, can we not, can we, can we not, like... Well, then you can guys... we not equate, like, giving your friend shit <laughs> Yeah. threatening to hang people? <laughs> yeah. Not quite equal. There are bad guys on both sides. No. <laughs> it is funny how just, like, Mark gleefully does a pig impression. A porky pig as yeah. soon as he's like, oh, I can make fun of you. And then he just, like, goes right into fat phobia. But it's not as bad as lynching. Not as bad. <laughs> we don't ever see Orson either, right? So we just have to imagine that he's huge. I believe so. I may, I mean, like, I'm no expert. There might be, he might, there might. No, be. they show him, but I think they oh. only show his face. Oh, yeah. wow. 
So, uh, but some of what Mork says to Orson is uh, pretty poignant there. He says, Why does this group you mentioned teach hate? Well, sir, there are certain people here on Earth who can only feel up by putting other people down. Which is, yeah, some of the base, the root of racism there. And then, and then he kind of goes into how, you know, well, you know, some people may be ambitious, but then you call them pushy. And then he compares carefree to lazy. Then different to hippie freak, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> For example, when we call someone ambitious, they call them pushy. When we call someone carefree, they call them lazy bum. When we call someone different, they call them hippie freak. When they call someone inscrutable, we say, what's that? But I think it is important how just the wording of how you use to describe someone will change depending on race and gender, and you have to be aware of that. But, uh, and then he says goodbye to Orson in many different languages. Till next week, sir. Nanu, sayonara, shalom, dosbidonye, ciao, ding long salvi. From all of us here on this wonderful little planet of saying, catch you later. <laughs> And he solves racism. Yay! In a micro, he didn't. What he should have done is use his alien powers to change like everybody's race in the world. That would be amazing. Can he do that? (laughs) I don't know. You, you. (laughs) That was that was always like the eighties shorthand for equality, though. Was some white person learning how to say goodbye in four languages. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the like most countries on the face of the planet, people are just like quadlingual yeah and that's just <laughs> fucking normal but the audacity of a fucking white american learning more than one language is like oh we, he's really made an effort everything's solved <laughs> we speak true, orkian yeah. around here i learned a i learned a word in your language i <laughs> we've come to accept and, each other and this time it wasn't penis <laughs> Oh, I'm glad they solved Oof. racism, though. Yeah. yeah, what if he just changed the UN into blue and striped motherfuckers? <laughs> There's no blue striped motherfuckers in the UN? There should be. I don't think that's an accurate representation. Yeah, this isn't diverse enough for me. <laughs> we've, we've got to have some blue stripey people somewhere. On the that, that, that was an odd choice to just throw in some, like, <laughs> like blue people and striped it's people. Kind of, it's kind of what racist or well-meaning-ish racist people say when they're like, I don't see color. Yeah. You look like a polka dot man to me. Yeah. That's how unracially <laughs> yeah, biased yeah, I yeah. am. It's just like, that doesn't, you're not, no, that's not helping. And what they actually included was two actual people of color. As if there's not, <laughs> as if there's not enough diversity in America. I know. Like, <laughs> two actual people of color and then five white people in face paint. Yeah. yeah. And one we're not sure about. Basically, a, a, a smattering of, of overzealous football fans, a black guy, and an Asian man. Diversity <laughs> achieved. Uh, so, Carolyn? Yeah. Did you learn anything, or what did you think of the episode? I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned that it's not that bad to get hit in the face. It's really not that bad. It's not that bad. I mean, you can take a powerful one, but usually one sure. shot in the face isn't going to kill you. Is there a trick to not dying or uh, taking a hit? Well, good? there's a trick to punching somebody without hurting them. Sure. But... And what's the what's the trick a to taking trick, a chair? A, a good trick for not getting hurt is to dodge. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. That's a great. I mean, trick. that's a great 
<laughs> to be fair, I, I would say on average, yeah, any punch to the face, you're fine. I mean, it depends on who's throwing the punch because you can get some real... Oh, no, punch to the face could definitely fuck you up. It's just that most of them aren't that bad. Yeah, most of them are come from people yeah, who aren't going to... Like that Nazi that, that took one to the face the two days ago at yeah. Seattle, like, he was still on the ground by the time the cops showed up five minutes later, which made me happy to so many different levels. <laughs> cops showed up only five minutes later? Wow, that's that's really fast for police. <laughs> I cracked up, though, because there's a there, there's these two sweets, tweets from the Seattle PD, and one of them is, uh, Seattle PD arrived with, within five minutes... Uh, subject was still on the ground, which made me really happy. And then, uh, and then the next tweet is no charges filed because no witnesses would admit to anything. Right. <laughs> There's the real lesson. Or no one would make a statement. That's yeah. what it was. Everyone refused to make a statement. Don't rat out people when they're on your side. Snitches uh, get stitches. Snitches get stitches. I thought this was a pretty effective episode. I definitely was. Um, so jarred to see, well, knock off KKK robes. At least. <laughs> yeah. It was so scary. And, and they did that little horn thing. Yeah. Pure power, pure power. Yeah, they held their fingers horn. up. Oh, yeah, their little and salute to each other. It made them more devilish, which yeah. I thought was a good use of different branding. Uh, Robin Williams is a star. Mindy, we haven't talked much about her, but I believe she is the lady who's in uh, another movie I like with uh, fucking John Ritter. Uh, tuned in it's where they go yeah. to a tv yeah, yeah, yeah she's that so i mostly know her from that movie and <laughs> i can't lovely. remember that actor's name right now but she's she's in a bunch of stuff around that era i, just, I can't remember her yeah, name. yeah what does our cracked research team say yeah, right. yeah we're yeah i don't have my magical cell phone on me that can tell me all that stuff we're short on gruel orphans here but you keep talking they should be working harder for the gruel It'll make them. Um, well, I don't have the same relationship more. with them as Austin does. I but. know he really whispers it just right. He knows their pigeon language. <laughs> he can speak it. But yeah, I thought it was overall very effective. You know, they did say too many race jokes, and they got to use that while calling it out, which was kind it of was, suspect. It uh, stuck out like a sore thumb. It was yeah. really, especially because of the laugh track. It was like at one point the audience. Is laughing and cheering for right. shooting down Nazis. At another point, they're cool. falling over themselves at like these <laughs> shitty racial jokes. Right. It's like, can you guys not laugh at every one of these? Do we need America's funniest man spitting out race yeah. jokes? <laughs> is that good for society? It's certainly a a trend you'll find just even today with like sexism jokes and probably race jokes sure. too. Is sure. the Shows that want to decry that kind of stuff, but they'll still make the jokes because they think they're funny, but then they think they're okay by saying, well, those aren't good. Right. Like, yeah, big you make theory. the joke, but then you have another character be like, well, that's disgusting. And that's supposed to, like, neutralize everything, even though the whole purpose was just so they could make this joke. But you just had a studio audience, like, cheering yeah. and clapping. Yeah, exactly. Because that was the weird part. Before it would be it was one decried. thing if it was a yeah. non-studio audience show. Yeah. And, like, somebody made the joke, and then somebody else was like, that's not funny. Because then, then you have that interplay. But if you have, if you literally have a whole studio audience, like, clapping and hooting and hollering, like, you did not take the power out of that right. joke. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. they had applause and laughs when it should have yeah. been shunned silence. Yeah. But, I mean, so it was very flawed and it's of its era, but seeing a show that is this soft, nostalgic, nice land feeling of the old sitcoms that actually tackle it is a lot braver 
than a lot of television today. So ultimately, I'd say they did a pretty good job. Yeah. So the movie you're referring to, I believe, is Stay Tuned. Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> and then it looks like she did wasn't in much else. She did some voice acting, like she was she in need to do anything Monsters. Else. Oh, nice. And then the uh, she. Did, and what is her name? Uh, her name. Yeah, I guess if we didn't say her name, uh, her name Maybe. is Pam Dauber. Ah, Shout out, Pam. Uh, Eric, did you learn anything from this episode, or did you feel it was a good representation? I, I definitely um, I, well, I kind of I kind of feel the same thing that Carolyn did. I was like, yeah. I, 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 there are definitely some awkward moments <laughs> in it, but anything that you're going to try and watch about racism from the late seventies, I feel I feel like if if you don't cringe more than ten times, it's still all right. Yeah, that um. moment with the Asian woman and the fucking <laughs> Chinese music was just too goddamn much. No, why? Yeah. It really I actually had to skip it back. I was like, you didn't I misheard that, correct? Yeah, that was just part of the regular music with unfortunate timing, right? <laughs> and it's funny because like they do all these different colors and like, you go blue and stripey. Yeah. And they don't get their own music cues, but then, oh, Asian, they just, yeah. they go out of their way for it. But overall, I felt like, um, I don't, like, they, they tackled a couple different angles in that subject, and they tackled them well, and I felt like they were all very relevant to 2017. Um, and, uh, and overall, the message was good. There's just a lot of criticisms that I want to make of it, but again, like I said, is, what, 1979, 1981? Yeah. I did love that the huge thing was like, well, I'm a Polak. <laughs> well, fucking, thank God a Polak showed up to stop the Nazis. Well, the one thing I learned yeah. is that it's really easy to solve racism if you have magic alien powers. Seriously. And 24 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can just magically change the race. I mean, I guess I I would say the episode for the fact that like the ending was just I'd say Deus Ex Machina, but I mean we know he has powers. It's just like an unrealistic lesson to learn that well, if people are racist, change their race doesn't really work <laughs> in the real world. I think we should try it. <laughs> I don't know how. Uh, yeah, there was there was a moment where I was like I thought that we were gonna have a lesson here and. Nope, it was Martian magic. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, that's not really actionable in the real world. But uh, uh, but beyond that, so it was an overly sim- uh, simplistic uh, resolution, I guess. But I guess y- y- it's also there. Well, it not- pointed out the flaw in Mindy's argument. Yeah, that was that was one of the things she was like, you know, you can only fight hate with love, mm-hmm. and he's like, love didn't work. They're gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I mean, and that, I think that's the biggest thing is that there is just no magic bullet or easy solution to this problem. It's just, yeah, I don't know, people being diligent, people being smart, and I think just learn being aware is as good as anything. And like, and it does go over some of the ways you can get into white supremacy or any of these hate groups, which you know. Like Mork was just in it because it was, they were having fun and making jokes and yeah, and I felt like there was that line of dialogue that was really good with Mindy talking about uh, you know how easily uh, you know white supremacist rhetoric could take advantage of someone who was easily influenced. Yeah, 
that yeah that it's just easily influenced people can just be sucked into this hate and it's just, yeah it's just and the subtext there is like Mork is just like a person that wants to please people too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that—that that was his whole thing about why he just wanted to make the jokes is because he's—he, you know, he's a very innocent character. He doesn't want to make jokes just to like have all the attention. He wants to make jokes because he wants people to smile. He wants, yeah, he wants people to be happy. Right. So his 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 giving nature was mm-hmm. was taken advantage of. And and I'm and sure people are eating up his racist jokes over at that. No, yeah. So I mean, I think it handled it. I mean, it was jarring to hear some of that, but at the same time, it did make it feel more like authentic as to what you would hear around white supremacists. So yeah, I, yeah. So I think it was good on the whole. I think its heart was in the right place, except for that last uh, Asian bit. But. uh... <laughs> What are you gonna do? Seriously, like I almost want to like play that piece just because it's like, what the fuck did you just do? Oh yeah, don't worry, I'll put a clip in here and people will hear what we're talking about. They'll hear it. They'll know. (laughs) So bad. But next time you meet Robin Williams, bring that up and be like, you know, I thought it was a little much. Yeah, (laughs) I I don't think that he had control over that. Yeah, sure, it'd be great to like lame him for it. (laughs) But yeah, so. As a matter of fact, I bet whoever did have control over that is probably still alive. We should track them down. We should look up. That we should look amazing. up the sound department on that episode <laughs> and be like, "What the fuck were you? Come on, really? There is so was, is there a, was there a rule that hung on the wall in the studio that every time someone of Asian descent comes on, you have to just put in that music? <laughs> yeah, it was in their style guide. Yeah, it's like Asian <laughs> put it in. I mean, it was just yeah. So how else will they know they're Asian? It doesn't make any. It's probably like, well, you know. They're not a different race. They're Asian. Or, or is it like, well, this is just part of their culture or something? Like, I don't know what they were thinking. Like, I don't think it was supposed to be. That like- lady was probably from fucking Anaheim. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was supposed to be a joke per se. Like, it's just like almost instinct that they put that music in there. And it's Seriously. So bad. It's weird. Come on, guys. Uh, so, Carolyn, where can people find you online? You can find me at www.carolynmain.com. My own been too many dummies. C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N. Like the street, Carolyn Main on Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr. And you can look for my card game pitch, please. Um, in the world, it's it's coming from China. Cue the Orient song. No, don't. <laughs> don't, don't. But, um, you know, it'll be a podcast and it'll be for sale online. And I'll tell you as soon as I put it there. Sweet. Uh cool. Eric, would you like people to find you or read you or anything? Sure. If you search Eric Cash, you can find me. I have a comedy special uh, that I actually recorded a couple of years ago. I just have had trouble releasing it that I'm releasing uh, next month called Anti-Famous. And I'm also oh, cool. recording my new one right after that. Oh, cool. Where will it be? Uh, if you find Eric Cash, you'll find it. Okay, great. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, I am David Bitsenoffer, and you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Bits. That's doctor spelled out. And you can find some of my writings at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. We are a very special episode podcast. You can uh, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. But if you put anything like uh, anti-Semitic or racist, then Carolyn will come punch you. So don't do anything like that, right? Right in the face, zing, zang, yeah. zoom. And right you're not to getting the moon. up for like ten minutes at least, right? 
Yeah, uh, three, I don't know. We'll see. I'm a new at it, but... <laughs> uh, willing to learn. You can follow us on Twitter, at AVSE Pod. Uh, check out our Facebook page and comment on us and talk about how we get too political, and then I'll ignore you. Uh, <laughs> and then you can email us at avsepodcast at gmail.com. So, for a very special episode podcast, I'm David Bitsnoffer, and not only am I carefree, I'm also very lazy. That was a very special episode, we dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by, or was it slow? Got so many life lessons, oh how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode. Nice. I was wondering if you were also going to go out with, like, Shalom. I know. I thought about Because <laughs> I'm Sorry so diverse. I've Googled some <laughs> words. You're uh, a one-man diversity chain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have so much um... diversity inside my Irish-German body. I mean, there is a part of me that really feels like there's so much that's so toxic in our system Mm -hmm. that, like, I was never a Bernie or Buster. Sure. But now that we're in that situation, I'm like, well, maybe we can root out all the bullshit. Right. And it's really clear and there's no more room for soft centrism. Yeah. I mean, like I've said for a long time, like, like, I can't stand Republicans that disavow Donald Trump. I can't stand them. I'm instantly like, he's your guy. You guys built that. Fuck you. Yeah. That is that is the end result of every ideology that you have been pushing for fucking eighty years. Like when you when your entire you know, like I don't trust Democrats either, but the difference is that Democrats lie to you and the lie that they tell the public is we want to help people. Which is which means that they attract good people and encourage good in them. It's still a lie and they still just bomb countries left and fucking right for capitalism but at least the lie is motivating people in a positive way what republicans tell people is fuck women fuck immigrants fuck black people fuck people of color they're all trying to kill you fear 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 it's constant donald trump is their dude all of those guys every person that's ever tried to call themselves like a fiscal republican or ever that like they own that motherfucker too I'm glad someone owns him. <laughs> they do. He's he's their golem, man. Like they oh, need yeah. to take a look at the shit that they've been preaching and go like, "Wow, it erupted in that fucking moron." I can't <laughs> wait for them to <laughs> examine themselves. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I'm sure they're really gonna have a crisis of conscience here. And at the end of the episode, we'll pull out this pot of gold that I found at the end of a rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> no. No, I was going to say, I guess it's sometimes we just view our history through such a different lens than what it was. And what I'm the where I was going with this, not Uh is like, 
even in like 1940s, once we go to war with Germany, we hated the Nazis because they were the enemy, but a lot of people didn't hate them because they were anti-Semites. Right. Most people didn't. Yeah, because most there people also, were still anti-Semitic in the U.S. too. Yeah, there was an American Nazi party uh, before we entered the war mm-hmm. that I'm pretty sure they met at Madison Square Garden at one point. Shit. Yeah. You know, and Swazis flying the whole thing. American Nazis. Shit. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, like, it's it's funny. I was talking with a friend about this. Like, uh, you know, the... The Nazis were basically neo-Confederates. Hmm. You know, like, uh, it's it's not like America didn't uh, create everything that we're standing on on a pile of dead bodies. Sure. Yeah. You know, like, all of the wealth that America has, not all of it, but the vast majority of it comes from slave labor. Yes. You know, all of the land comes from wiping out the natives. And, um... Uh, there's stuff in some of the Nazi writings about how they were partly inspired uh, uh, by the Americas. But we just yeah. teach such fucking revisionist history that nobody nobody tells a grade schooler, oh yeah, hey, when this big gnarly thing that everybody knows was really gnarly happened in the 40s, yeah, um, uh, you know, Henry Ford had a picture of that guy hanging on his wall mm-hmm. and, uh, and he was largely uh, inspired by what our country did. This war that we just taught you about a se- semester ago where we told you it wasn't really about slavery, but it fucking was. <laughs> well, shit, America. Yeah, I don't have much to add. It's just... It's just acknowledging that and what that means that I mean, yeah, we could go on and on. I think that it comes down to... I think that it comes down to, like, that's why people should stop pretending yes. that it doesn't exist. Like, it's literally the entire world around us has been built on wiping people out. You know, like, we didn't start it. It started it with the English, you know? Go to Tasmania. There's not mm-hmm. there's not a native Tasmanian left. There's people with tiny little little bits of blood left that are trying to, trying to protect um, the last uh, uh, aboriginal uh, artifacts there. But there's nobody that looks like an aboriginal Tasmanian left. It's one of the few successful genocides in the face of the planet. You know, yeah, the Dutch it, did it. The French did it. And, if it. and when people will want to say something like with slavery, somebody today wants to, well, I didn't have anything to do with that. You know, it's not my fault. My ancestors did that. And that's true. But you still have to recognize what the effects of slavery was. Because if you just act like it doesn't have an effect on today then you just ignore the problems of that has been caused by it today. Sure, and I, I feel like it's probably a, a, a bigger order for pe- to ask people to, like, recognize the structures of wealth around you and all that stuff. Yes. Is to just ask people to go, like, stop saying Nazis aren't a thing. They totally are. Like, this is an ideology mm-hmm. that has been really active in our culture for a long time. I think at stop least... Stop pretending it's not a problem. At yeah. least now, it's really, really, really hard to deny them. It's Everything's crawling out of the woodwork. Yeah, but as soon as you look at the comments on anything out there, it's sure. like still like mil- literally millions of people out there going like, aren't you the real fascists? And people yeah. going like, Nazis aren't a thing. Nazis aren't really a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Those so, people are going to get fucked up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh... 
Sometimes I wonder, I, I just think back in my life and wonder what things would have had to be different for me to suddenly become like a white supremacist or any other kind of ideology than what I believe now, you know? Yeah. Whether it would be, yeah. like, I like to think that I'd be immune to it, but I don't know if I really, yeah, I don't know if anybody really could be given the right circumstances, you know? Yeah, given the right circumstances, uh, you can you can really get fucked up yeah. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, also like people have this funny way of thinking about Nazis. Like, oh, well, I'm not a Nazi purely because I'm inactive, and they don't yeah. really realize that like ninety percent of the Nazis were inactive. Ninety percent of the Nazis weren't out marching in the streets in jackboots. They were just not saying anything as their neighbors got taken away. Right. You know, like, um, and I, I think that in the era that we're in right now, it's important for people to remember that, like, if you're not actively fighting against people that are literally espousing genocide, you know, in our neighborhoods and in our, in our communities, then you're giving it license. And that's, that's, that had a lot to do with how people died. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it, the guys that would come and take people from their homes, there's four, five, six of them. But these are neighborhoods that had hundreds of people in them, you know? Yeah. Those guys could have been stopped individually every single time, mm-hmm. you know? But you just, most people just hope it, just decide it's not them, so it's not their problem, then. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it cracks me up that people don't realize that, and literally the most famous piece of literature about the Third Reich, First They Came, is about that. Yeah. First right. They Came for the Socialists, and I was not a socialist, so I said nothing. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, the whole thing is literally a warning about not being complacent when you see this happen. And then we're facing the same fucking problem, even though fucking... 90% of this country can recite, recite that goddamn poem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just how free the argument for free speech gets warped, too, to think, like, you can't talk someone down just for expressing their opinion. Like, I don't have the freedom of speech to tell you that your ideas are idiotic. Like, there's also two things about the free freedom of speech argument. Number one is that freedom of speech applies to the state. Yes. And yes. acts and acts of attacking white supremacists and fascists are not enacted by the state. Correct. They are enacted by people who believe in self determination, who believe that they have the right to stand up and fight that shit out of their communities. And that is not a state sanctioned action. So fuck freedom of speech. It doesn't yeah, yeah. It doesn't come into it, and the whole reason that freedom of speech is a thing is because the state has a larger amount of power over you than an individual is. If you say something and somebody walks up and socks you in the mouth, well, it may technically be assault, and you may be able to cry about it, but you're not being overly oppressed. Yeah. You know, like you were attached by an, an individual with a relative amount of power to you while you were espousing speech whose intent is to amass power and exterminate people. Well, yeah. Right. And there is something to be said that people seem to think that freedom of speech also means there's no consequence to speech. That a what you say matters and can affect people and may come back at you too. And I guess this kind of comes back to that Google bro who got fired. And I'm like, 
yeah, you had a right to say what you said, but Google had a right to fire you for it too. So I don't see right. Yeah. Play the, dick games, win dick prizes. Yeah, exactly. The the art, other part of that freedom of speech thing is like people are always just fucking yelling it like a slogan. Number one, they always do this thing where they talk about it as if America is the only country on the face of the fucking planet that believes in freedom of speech. America. They always they always say we're America. We believe in freedom of speech. So does fucking Norway. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> Norway is, doesn't roll off the tongue. You know, Norway, no. Like, America. Um, but but another big thing about that is there's something called the paradox of tolerance, right? Which yeah. is which is an idea that came around I think in the forties. Which addresses the inherent backdoor hack in in a progressive society, mm-hmm. which is if you allow all speech, fascism doesn't give a shit about other people's freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. It gives a shit about exploiting freedom of speech in order to take freedom of speech away. It what it cares about is you know like I've said this before to many people that fascism is a virus that infects people. People go like, oh, well, you can defeat them with debate. No, you can't. You ever try to defeat a five-year-old with debate? You ever try to debate a junkie out of doing heroin? It's the same thing. You're not debating with someone who is debating back. They're not debating in good faith. What they're trying to do is spread fascism so that it can amass power and they can exterminate people. They're not listening to your points, considering them, and then presenting counterpoint, they're just arguing around you so they can keep talking and get you or anybody that's listening to the conversation on their side. Well, so yeah. it's an inherent hack in our system. And if you allow it, then you're just allowing our system to be, our, our, our ideals to be exploited. Yeah, that would be a really good high school debate team challenge would be try to debate this junkie from doing heroin. Yeah, yeah, or just change anybody's mind on Facebook and see how far you get. <laughs> With heroin. Yeah. However, that's that's disingenuine, though. Like, one of the reasons that I, I will shout people down on social media is because social media is an excellent platform. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You know I'm what I mean? Like, it's not worth trying, but well, but I, I think a lot of times people don't realize that social media conversations are not a conversation between one person and another person in a closed environment. Right? It's this huge open forum that all these other people are seeing that that is influencing all of these other people, and so speech on social media is actually really important, and uh, discourse is very important there, and. Uh, as well as just shutting people down that want to fucking yeah. convert people to, to fascism. Uh, but uh, so often, like, because I'll get livid in something and, and people will personally get really upset at me because I'll shout them down. And I'll be like, well, you realize that you were, like, with seven other people that were all saying the same thing and that, like, hundreds of people are reading this. Like, I'm not, it's not the same as a regular conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, just one person talking to another person. It's 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 affecting all sorts of people. And it's so new that none of we're all still wrapping our brains about around how much it affects us and our society around us. Right. If you didn't want other people to chime in. There's ways to have a private conversation, but yeah, you chose to make it public, and so it's public. Now do now do. Man. 
Many other ladies I have lied to Many were my happy nights And yet The night they raided Minsky's Is the night I can't forget And the night they ended Prohibition Oh, Delancey Street was plenty wet Yet the night they raided Minsky's Is the night I can't forget We were watching Phoebe from Gapery In her artistic dance just by chance Her dress tore into What was she to do And then the whistle blew Followed by the cops And every man turned pale Oh, what a brawl They arrested us all Phoebe finished her dance in jail Now I'm very old With just my memories Now my biggest thrill's a cigarette But the night they raided Minsky's Is the night I can't forget Minsky's, but the night they raided Minsky's, but the night they raided Minsky's, but the night they raided Minsky's, is the night I 